0: Hey everyone, welcome back to the BMX in our blood. If you haven't done it yet, definitely check out the Dig Under Your Influence series that kicked off with the Hallahan boys with Garrett Burns. There's more to come on that series, one of three. So I'm sure you'll hear more about it soon. uh, We definitely talked about it a little bit in the podcast that we did with the Hallahan boys a couple weeks ago. So anyhow, today's interview with Brian Kaczynski, I wanted to make sure I got this one up as soon as possible because they interviewed him the day before the uncovered contest at the wheel mill a couple weeks ago and the final of the three-part series is coming up on the 24th of this month of march at the four season skate park in milwaukee so definitely check that out and support what brian kaczynski and van holman are doing to give back to the BMX freestyle community. So you'll hear exactly how it came about in this interview and there'll be a little bit of a surprise guest when Scotty Kramer steps in to the interview and asks a question of Brian while he compliments Brian for his accomplishments as well. So anyway see you next week. Yeah he, what he did with this YouTube channel post-injury is what it completely amazes me
1: totally totally and it's funny because he like you know the way i mean scotty's always been like one to like never let up essentially you know what i mean you look at his right. riding and like his riding over the years was just absolutely bonkers always you know and, and uh, even when he would hate when he would have littler injuries here and there like you'd see him come back like super strong and whatever but it's funny the like the consistency that he puts out content and uh and everything it's almost as if he transferred you know some of that the riding into this whole other you know of course his his, his uh channel is bmx based but, sure. you know it still is like a whole different sort of a uh, set of challenges that it presents than right. just riding itself you know so yeah man i'm really i'm really uh i'm really proud of him and to be honest, I think it's, I think I'm really thankful for him because as far as like role models go, you know, there's so many different role models that kids could have these days that, you know, maybe don't, maybe the best role models, I guess, like for lack of a better word, like, uh, you know, kids can get their inspiration from so many different places and uh, the fact that he's captivated, you know, so many people with a positive personality Mm -hmm. and a positive message and, you know, he really is like a... Dude who lives a really clean life but yet a really successful and happy and fulfilling life too, you know, so sure. I think that that's, uh, that's awesome and it's great for kids to see, it's great for this generation to see that's that's watching it, you know, because, right. uh, you know, big kid, that's uh, that's really what, uh, what I think will push, you know, push things in a certain direction and will really, uh, you know, make kids kind of grow in a positive direction because, yeah. you know, how the internet is these days, you can find out all, you can find all kinds of stuff that's not, you know, and you can basically find the uh, tons of negativity everywhere so to find something positive and and funny and entertaining it's awesome so yeah he's great
0: you're absolutely right about him redirecting his energy there's no question because he he encourages his own guys on the channel to to ride Yep. and to do things and to just like you can do this big boy you can do this you can do that or wherever it is the challenges and all yep. that stuff so you know he knows exactly what it takes so it, when when I interviewed him we talked about it being like him teaching his learns through these guys trying to explain it and say no if you do this just a little bit differently you'll you'll make it you could do this you know yeah kind of thing but the channel is the whole yeah he's transferred that energy too right into the channel like, yes yeah. it's it's great the guy's obviously the, a motivated guy
1: totally totally and it is I, I mean there's so much satisfaction in seeing Seeing someone pull something for the first time, like seeing someone overcome a challenge or learn a new trick or whatever, especially if especially if you lent a hand in that, you know, if you're giving them suggestions or uh, or even just giving them like high fives after every try or whatever, you know, it's uh, there's a little bit of a little bit of ownership in someone else's success. I think, which always feels really, always feels really good. And, uh, it's just awesome that he has. Uh, I mean obviously no doubt has the experience to do that, you know, to right. uh, but you know, just that he has the, the energy and just the relentlessness to, to get yeah. yeah, to to make his you know, the the people he's around just better people and, and better bike right. riders of course, but I right. think better people in general. So yeah. that's awesome.
0: And he's intentionally selected his crew the way he has.
1: Totally
2: based
0: on his ethical and moral values i mean he just anyway i could go on on about him but this is about you so anyway um welcome to the BMX in our blood i'm here with brian kaczynski that's how you say it right yeah yeah, you got it first try yeah well i practiced (laughs) pretty rare i I practiced on the eight hour drive here at kaczynski kaczynski i had (laughs) nuno i had nuno oliveira um send me the phonetic version so i could just practice it over and over again
1: oh that's awesome
0: I'm kind of kidding, but we talked on the phone, and I'm like, how do you say he's like Kaczynski? I'm like, okay, Kaczynski.
1: Yeah, I'm always really impressed when people get it first try, because obviously I grew up uh, my entire life like people, you know, just butchering it, basically. Yeah, right, right. uh, But, yeah, it's uh, not the easiest.
0: Why don't we start with uh, where you're from, and just how you got into BMX?
1: Yeah, uh, Midwest. So, I'm a Midwest boy. I uh, grew up in Wisconsin, and... uh, Lived there my whole childhood, um, and I uh, then went to college actually in Wisconsin as well, at University of Wisconsin. Uh, go Badgers! Yeah, I was just going to say, Go Badgers! And,
2: yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, right after college, uh, I actually floated around for a year, and uh, and then actually uh, rooted in Chicago. Uh, maybe by the, about the age of 24 or twenty yeah, about twenty-four-ish, I moved to Chicago, and um, it was a. Uh, yeah, ever since then i, I lived there, up until uh, a little over a year ago. Um, my wife got a job opportunity temporarily in Maryland, uh, so we moved from the Midwest to the East Coast, and uh, so that's been a little bit of a change, um, but it's been awesome. Um, but yeah, so starting BMX in uh, Wisconsin was not, uh, not the easiest, as you could imagine, because The weather. I love Wisconsin to death. Like the uh, the people are amazing. It was a great place to grow up, but the weather is really, really terrible, and winters are long. So uh, six months out of the year, you know, there's snow on the ground, and there's not really much you can do outside, outside of ice hockey. So I played ice hockey, and I actually played a lot of you know, kind of I guess you could say mainstream sports or typical sports. But um, discovered BMX just basically uh, there was a little book in the library. Uh, just called BMX, and it was all racing, but I was always intrigued about it, then uh, I got a BMX bike just because, and this was probably around age 12-ish, 12-13, I got a BMX bike just because I needed a bike for transportation, um, but I, the cool bike to get was a BMX bike, so we all kind of had BMX bikes, but we didn't really ride, I, and I had a couple friends who who rode, but they were, um, you know, we were all kind of starting out, but yeah, I got this BMX bike, and then the rest is history, you know, it's. uh um basically got it to get from point a to point b and now it's taken me from you know point x y and z and beyond you know i've been to um probably 30 some different countries and um tons of different states and obviously experienced a ton but yeah it all started in wisconsin and uh you know just thanks to all my friends that i started riding with and started exploring with and um, um i think ronnie bonner said it in his interview that it, it was funny they said it because it's something that i've always said myself was uh BMX bike was like my first taste of freedom. Like it's the first taste of like, okay, now you have this bike, you don't even you kind of get places on your own. You can go explore beyond uh, wherever you could either walk to or wherever your parents would drive you to kind of thing, you know? So, uh, you know, as soon as I got that bike, I was on it 24 seven. Just, you know, we were uh, riding everywhere we could, kind of causing trouble jumping off stuff. Um, and uh, yeah, just building dirt jumps, building ramps—you know, or trying to build ramps, I should say—and right. riding street and like the little town that I grew up in. And uh, yeah, it was just a great, uh, great way to kind of start exploring the world. And then, as soon as uh, um, obviously, as soon as I started, got my license and stuff like that, I started to travel more. And, uh, there's you know, your there's your difference states. from
0: Ronnie because yeah. Ronnie said he didn't get his license till 21 or 22 because. He didn't have to, he he said everyone was hanging out at my house because that's where he was running UGP out of. Oh, that's so, so funny. So the friends would show up, and he's like, I don't have to get a license, because they'll drive me wherever I want to go, because we're all hanging out, and they've got cars. Oh, yeah. So and we he held like, off on getting it.
1: Nice. And if he really needed to ride somewhere, he could be like, oh, give right. me a t-shirt, man. Like, yeah, <laughs> right, right. Exactly. But Ronnie's his... the man. That's one of my first sponsors back in the day, actually. Oh, okay. So was UGP. So uh, shout out to Ronnie. That interview was great, too, by
0: the way. Oh, thank you. Yeah, he, awesome. well, he carried it. He was yeah, he was awesome, yeah. for sure. But yeah. So obviously... Um, I wanted to interview you I shouldn't say obviously not to everybody but I wanted to interview you because of the uncovered um, series so but before we get to that I think there's a a lot about your your involvement in BMX that people aren't may not be aware of and maybe they are Uh, you so you so you learned kind of the the basics in Wisconsin Mm -hmm. and you decided at at one point to go from building dirt jumps and ramps to did you start finding parks or what happened there well
1: actually there was a an indoor skate park that opened up uh right near where i lived actually and it was a park that never opened to the public they were supposed to and it was this uh it was called skate garage and it was basically this uh, empty warehouse building kind of similar to the building we're in now but much smaller and uh, it was, they filled it with ramps, and actually, so the Baco guys, Dave Freimuth, Chad DeGru, um Mark Hilson, uh, Mark Fluet, they all uh, were building this park, and uh, I stopped by one day, because I heard rumors that there's a skate park being built, and I stopped by one day, the garage door was open, and here was, like, my heroes building ramps, you know, the guys that I watched in the videos and saw in the magazines, they're building ramps. and. Here I am just like this kind of shy 15-year-old kid and um, I roll up and just kind of, you know, poke my head in and I'm like, oh my God, this is awesome. And immediately I asked if, uh, I asked them if they needed any help. I asked them, you know, it was like, is there something I can do? Like I've tried to build ramps, I've kind of built ramps before, but like, to be honest, my ramps were terrible at the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it was, it was like a slight step above like a brick and a board sort oh, of thing, okay, you know, it was yeah. like, uh, but yeah, so they, um uh, I went in, you know, I just basically kind of moved stuff around for them a little bit, or like, you know, they're like, oh, go get me some 2x4s, or go get me some plywood, and I was, uh, you know, happy to help, but um, they were so cool, like, they were just so awesome, like, I think that first day, Dave Freimuth, like, checked out my front brakes, and he, and they were, they kind of felt like shit, so he, he fixed them, like, he had a little wrench, and he, like, you know, tightened springs and made them work well and all this stuff. And I was like, oh my God, Dave Primeth just fixed my brakes. This is insane, you know, and he gave me free stickers and all this stuff. And I was um, just blown away. So that kind of like, I started riding with them and riding those indoor skate parks. And then then later they opened Area 51 and... um, Undercover was another skate park there, and... Uh, oh, so there's been Mark another Wilson Undercover. So, well, that was Undercover. No, no I, undercover. I, I don't yeah, mean, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. the
0: contest series, but yeah, not yeah. the first time the name's been used, oh. Yeah,
1: well, it's, it's slightly different. I've, my tongue has slipped a few times where I've been, like, I've called it Undercover, but it's actually Uncovered is our contest series, but this skate park was Undercover, so it's kind of, like, along the oh, same lines. Oh, my apologies. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's right. It's, it's, okay. it's close. But anyways, like... Yeah. Really those guys and like that whole scene of like having indoor skate parks really really made my riding like I mean obviously it made it improve, but it really kept me riding because those six months out of the year when there's you know, not really much to ride, there's snow on the ground, there's not much you can do. I mean we were definitely dedicated where like if, if we could shovel off a street spot we would and stuff like that. But yeah, man, indoor parks were really like a, a huge part of my progression. I always rode street, and I loved handrails, but, like, uh, the big handrails didn't start until, like, the summer before I uh, went to college. Um, Are we talking late 90s now? This is? No, this is 2000, actually. 2000? Yeah, 99, 2000. Okay. I, I graduated high school in 2000, so... Okay. Um, but I moved to Madison, Wisconsin, where there's, there wasn't a skate park, and there was just handrails and, like, street stuff, so uh, my early years in college was all... Uh, was all street, pretty much, except for driving to, like, four-season skate park and all this sure. stuff. This stuff all kind of blends into the Uncovered series because um, that was uh, sort of why we chose, part of the reason why we chose to do this at indoor skate parks to start off with, um, because I realized how big these parks, like, how big of a role they played in both my riding uh, and my ability to even... You know, even be a professional bike rider eventually was uh, just having these parks around and, and having a place to ride in the winter. In addition to that, it it uh, these parks also allowed me to meet so many people because we were all under one roof. Um, there would be people that drove from all the neighboring towns and states, and there was even like kind of high-profile contests that would happen at those parks too, like at Area Fifty-One in Appleton. They had the Baco Jam back in the day, which brought like. You know, Ruben Alcantara from Spain all of a sudden was in Little Appleton, Wisconsin. Wow. You know, and like, oh gosh, you know, you name it. I mean, like, the Rooftop, the whole Etney's team at the time was there, and uh, um, you know, it was it was crazy. There's pros coming in and out, photographers coming in and out. That's like how I originally got coverage. But you know, if those indoor parks hadn't existed, who knows? You know, so I mean, it's always important to, to support them as well as uh, as well as the scene. So
0: right. So uh, so this is. Uh Coming full circle for you and you're starting, or you started your own series yeah. with Van. Is it just you and Van? Doing yeah, yeah. Van, it's just
1: Van and it's funny uh, how it came about because it was Van just sort of casually mentioning. Um, he just casually mentioned like, hey, we should do a, we should do an event or a jam or a contest or something, and uh, and I, immediately I just said yes. It was like a knee-jerk reaction because I I had wanted I wanted a project and it had been. It had been a couple years since I'd done a contest. Um, I'd kind of been involved with like some jams and video premieres and stuff like that, but it had been a little bit since I had a, a project that was sort of like my vision from the ground up, sort of thing. Uh, sure. Basically, since the bakery existed, was uh, what it had been since then. Since like you know there was something start to finish that I could really like sort of curate and then create and. Um, Van just bringing that up just like lit that spark and I was like, yes, and I, uh, we basically settled it at that, that first conversation. We were like, hey, you want to do something together? Yeah, definitely. Okay, cool. Uh, let's talk soon, you know, let's, let's sleep on it. It was literally that night was, my brain was running wild and immediately I was like thinking about the idea and, uh, where to go with it and what direction and, uh, the whole like uncovered series came about where, um, you know, I thought of the logo to kind of have, like, a um, magnifying glass, sort of a sort of a detective kind of theme with it, you know, sure. but, um, and it is, part of it is kind of like, t- to be taken lightly, you know, the, um, the, uh, sort of the theme as far as, like, you know, detective and whatever, and, um, but the, uh, the whole, essentially, premise of it is really to, to shine, to give these amateur riders some shine, and, right. um, I think about... Uh, CFB series back in the day that Matt Hoffman did, and all these other like amateur contests that happened when I was growing up, even the Baco jams and stuff like that that were amateur contests, those were huge for me, and, and those just created experiences and opportunities that I mean, had I not had those, it would have you know, it all would have never happened. So I knew that. These events were the spark that, that lit it all for me back in the day, and um, I wanted it to, you know, I wanted to basically create the same thing. And, and partnering with someone like Van it was great because he, you know, he's obviously, like, as passionate about BMX as I am and um, yeah. just through and through. So uh, I obviously i have known Van for a long time. We've been friends for a long time, and um, just, uh, you know, working on something kind of in a different uh, a different avenue or, like, a, sort of a different arena um, for us to work on some was I knew it was going to be fun, um, and uh, yeah, we just went from there. So, but I decided not to do a pro contest. Uh, I mean, we were talking about it, like, oh, do we want to do am and pro? Right. And pro contests are awesome, and I don't think that there are enough of them. I definitely, um, it was definitely a pleasure to uh, to have you know hosted some myself, uh, especially at the bakery and stuff like that. But um, I feel like be uh, I want to start out first with, with amateur with an amateur contest and then also have it be a solely amateur contest because I didn't want it to I didn't want the AMs to be like rushed over or, or rushed through uh, just to get to like the pros to get to like you know the, the, the super heavy hitters of the day and um, you know it's it's, it's uh, I think it's just really important to have mm-hmm. to build that environment um, for amateur riders to push themselves uh, to to really like um, you know maybe do that trick that they've been dreaming of or 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 even just discover new things or new motivations you know Um, I think even every time I've gone to a contest growing up I either tried a new trick uh, maybe pulled a new trick Uh, I definitely met new friends yeah Uh, I made just you know new new friends and connections where like road trips then sparked from that you know you go to a contest and then you meet some guys from the neighboring states say like i met guys from ohio and they're like oh dude come to ohio we got crazy parks to ride and street to ride you know all this stuff and uh next thing you know i was doing a road trip out there and so it all kind of snowballs and um you know it's more so about getting people together to do something than it is about you know like who wins and who loses but there's also prizes for that too and they're definitely awarded and recognized um but yeah, first and foremost, it's about getting bike riders together.
0: Right. Of all ages, or is there a limit?
1: Yeah, there's no age limit. So that's funny you bring that up. Originally, we were going to do it in age groups. We were going to do, uh... Originally, we were going to do, say, like, uh... 15 and under, or... And then, like, 16 and over, or, you know, how do you separate that? Um, we decided not to do age groups, we decided to have it up to the rider. Like, what class they want to be in. And, uh... So we created two classes, at least for this first year, um, just to sort of keep it simple and keep it uh, um, keep it basic. And you know, we kind of struggle with the verbiage. You know, do we do we use the word semi-pro? Do we use the word like amateur or intermediate or like how do we end up we ended up basically uh, you know doing settling on intermediate and semi-pro and um, basically the two. Scotty, Scotty. Oh, Scotty's here. There he is, the man. Speak of the devil.
0: <laughs> Here's the man.
1: We were just talking about you, <laughs> God, my friend.
0: How are you? Are you comfortable in this?
2: You oh, I'm, I'm this? Fine. just me where I need to
0: be. In um, Brian and I were just talking about how the whole Uncovered series started, the concept behind it with him and Ben, and now you're talking about classes. So we are talking about the, the different classes. So you yeah, decided on
1: yeah the classes are riders. So we have uh, basically intermediate and semi-pro, and. Uh, Intermediate is basically for uh, it could be like a wide range of, of uh, it could be a wide range of age group, you know it could be uh, any age essentially. Um, but uh, it's basically for a rider that wants to compete, you know wants to ride. Uh, we don't really have you know it could be someone who's been riding for a year. It could be someone who's been riding for 10, 20 years. Uh, you know it's just someone that maybe wants to push themselves and ride in a contest and um, you know essentially be in that environment and uh, uh, you know still have that competitive atmosphere um, but they don't they feel intimidated by the semi-pro class you know Um, now semi-pro class is basically for those riders that are really advanced and pretty much almost ride at like a pro level you know and um, it's really it's tough to uh, it's tough to kind of put people in in categories so to speak but um, you know there's a lot of riders out there that maybe aren't pro on like say a bike company team or something like that but they have that riding level where they're pretty much almost there they you know they're um, they're really advanced and they definitely feel like they can hang in the, and these are these are basically the pros of tomorrow these are like the riders that um are kind of just on that cusp of like they're really uh riding at a high level and doing crazy shit but they're not you know full-on sponsored pro paid bike riders, you know, so we do have sure, a few sure. we do have a few things that, like, disqualify people from competing, and those things are, like if you've ridden in a major contest, that being like a X Games, or Dew Tour, or oh, Simple gosh, Session, yeah. or right. um, and then also if you're uh, if you're, like, a paid rider on a team so if you, uh, if you're paid by, like, a bike company, or a major, like, bike company, parts company, shoe company um, and, uh, or if you have, like, signature products, like, anything like that so, um, it, there's a uh, there's, there's a little bit of a gray area there, but I think we've sure. sort of like defined it better than we thought we could, I guess, you know. And it's, uh, it's tough because there's been people that have wanted to ride in the contest that, um, and there's even people that wanted to come all the way from California out to these things, but they were, you know, maybe they had, say, a signature colorway with a major bike company, you know, or, or something like that, or say, so yeah. uh, you know, they. It got paid even though if they don't sure. you know get paid a ton or something right. like that you know right. it's a uh um, it's a, a tough balance or even you know, a rider who rode at something like Simple Session or, or X Games or something like that uh, back in or if they've been invited to that sort of thing um, another like thing I mentioned was like if you've been nominated for like a Nora Cup oh or my something gosh. like that of course well, those, like, are, those are
2: pretty big, those are pretty yeah. big things right there yeah. 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 yeah but what I really like about the contest series and this is something that nobody has done in, the, in I, not, I couldn't even tell you because I don't remember being done is that you are dividing it that way and what's cool about it is skateboarding is so strict on their professionals and BMX. Totally, you roll up and you pay the money for a pro competition anywhere you could sign up. Yeah, and the fact that you guys are dividing it up is making it real. That's what I like about it. It's yeah. actually giving it, uh, you know, an, an actual image of being a pro and yeah. working up for it. So I think it's really cool what you guys are doing. with Oh, that. thanks, man. I appreciate it. And
1: uh, I mean, obviously, someone, someone like yourself, like you, you came up in in a. Um, yeah, In a sure. riding contest, actually, I remember the first time I met you was Roots Jam
2: when you flip-whipped over the sub Yeah, that was my second contest. Like, my first contest, it was, it was, uh, it was a pro event at the Metro Jam. And there was nothing that stopped me from rolling up there and going to amateur or go to pro. It's not like I had to go and... Show some kind of cert- certification where I'm qualified to be a professional or anything right, like that. Yeah. Literally, you just show up and you, if you want to sign up for the pros, here you go. Right. So I really think it's cool that you guys are dividing it up, and it's it's, it's giving it's giving a good break in the BMX. I think BMX needs that because as much as we love BMX for being as freestyle as it is, there is times where we do need some you know like uniform way of doing this because that's what makes it excel and and I think you're doing it right thanks yeah my story was uh, sort of I Guess
1: a little bit different. It was mine was in 2001 where I rode uh, the CFB contest, uh, right. And uh, I, I entered expert or like uh, well, what they call it, stunt boy. So it was like <laughs> they had the I forget what they had, some they had stunt boy and stunt man. Uh, and uh, so stunt man was pro, and right? And then uh, stunt boy, or maybe it was the other way around, but yeah, then, or maybe stunt man was like right nice pro. Anyways, I won that whole. I won, like, the, ser- the series year-end um, title. So I won the uh, straight jacket, the gold straight jacket. And that was uh, in the summer of 2001. And uh, so, you know, the next thing you know, like, uh, I'm, I won this kind of the biggest amateur series that there was. So after that, I felt like if I entered any sort of amateur contest, I would be sandbagging. Even, um, even though I wasn't getting paid by anyone at the time, I was just like a college kid and I was... Uh, um, you know, I was, I was starting to be in the magazines and stuff, but it was like, that that for me was at least a definitive moment where I was like, okay, now... And that summer I actually entered a, a Vance Triple Crown... Um, but, you know, before then, I just didn't feel comfortable, like, entering a pro contest. You know, I didn't feel comfortable, like, I didn't feel like I belonged, you know. And, right. and I still didn't feel like I belonged when I entered in my first,
2: right. my first pro contest. But, you know, well, it was Didn't, didn't you, you get pushed since, into pro at yours? Well, my at the Metro? Da- my dad uh, and my friends, they said, you, you should enter pro. And I said, heck no. Like I, just like your Brian says, yeah. I didn't feel like I belonged. I, I wanted to go there and I wanted to watch the pro event. I didn't want to ride with these guys at all. So similar situation. Yeah, and then, go and la- and then he
0: goes and lays down a heater and just.
2: Yeah. <laughs> oh man, I remember Roots
1: Jam like uh, when he flip whip over that subrail. I was like, this is the dude. This, yeah. uh, you know, <laughs> you were like sixteen yeah, or fifteen yeah. or something. I just turned sixteen. So crazy. That man. was crazy. Um, but yeah, so oh, yeah. I mean, moving back to, uh, but yeah, moving back to the, the semi-pro thing. I hope that. No one out there is offended that I say they can't compete because really all I'm, te- all I'm telling you is like you're you're too good, <laughs> you're overqualified, you're uh, you know, and, and uh, I, it, it's it's a uh, I'm flattered that so many people you know want to ride in them, and, and especially some of the caliber of guys that that want to ride in them, like uh, um, you know it's it's just been incredible. But yeah, there's uh, yeah I guess you just got to draw the line somewhere, and uh, it's. Um, you know, I, I hope that this just sort of uh, catapults, perhaps catapults some people into that, uh, into that, gives them some recognition, so that they, uh, you know, so that they would feel comfortable, you know, in the pro class at at some sort of event and and think, on a pro team, you know.
0: Do you think it'll spawn another series, possibly, with you for that would include pros, or in the next round maybe have a pro division for the people that. That actually won and advanced. Yeah, or, I mean, or we'll say advanced since they I wouldn't won. say
1: never. It can, it can never say never, right. I guess. But right. uh, I would say right now that hasn't even really been a thought. Um, I kind of just wanted to focus now on on this series and these three stops and this uh, and the amateurs, you know. So I um, I think that. After, like, the third stop in Milwaukee, Van and I actually talked about this because, we, of course, our, both of our imaginations run wild, and we're like, oh, maybe we should do this or do that. And then we just, we, hit, we basically had a conversation one day where we were like, all right, we just got to stop all this, and we just got to focus on what we're doing now, and then we'll revisit this after the Uncovered series is over, you know, after that last stop in Milwaukee, then once the dust has settled, then we'll re. re-evaluate and we definitely want to keep doing it i mean we definitely want to do it next year and the year after and the year after but um that's no question but you know as far as anything else we do we'll just kind of see how this one goes and and, uh adapt and because we're learning every day i mean every event that we do um we're learning you know different things things we maybe could do different for the next stop and and stuff like that so we'll see uh you know we'll see how it goes. You know, we'll just, but we don't want to count our chickens before they hatch. You know, we're definitely like taking it one step at a time, and uh, you know, just trying to make this as best as possible, and not you know, grow it too fast.
0: Makes sense, just just to focus on that demographic. Those, you know, those amateurs. Just give it. Let's face it, the majority of kids riding are amateurs. I mean, yeah, percentage wise. So you're probably smart just to focus on what you're doing, especially since you're in the middle of the first series. Right. You know, yeah. just keep doing what you're doing because it's that. It gives so many. It opens, you know, it opens a door to to a, a contest to so many kids that may not otherwise totally. even touch it. You know, they'd be too afraid to,
1: or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Seems like and and the, the funny thing is, too, is that like, I'm I haven't even been all about contests in recent years. Like, but I can see there's still some to be said for that atmosphere at a contest you know that when your name is called like and it's time for you to drop in there's some sort of like i don't know i i guess i could call it this like the, the fuck it switch i guess yeah. like sorry yeah. i don't know if you know sorry to you, you uh now um, we're good yeah uh maybe put a bleep in there if you yeah. but uh, but it's that switch where you you're
0: just like you listened to the ronnie stu- one didn't you yeah oh yeah, yeah. all right so go yeah. ahead swear that, all on that stuff,
1: all that stuff that you wanted to do or that you were sort of like thinking about through sure. your head and you just like now's the time yeah. you know if i if there's a time to send it like now is the time and and i love that i love it and i love the atmosphere of like having the people around you and stuff like that i think uh, a lot of uh like, nowadays, especially with social media, is I love social media. I think it's great. I think it's the best thing. But um, I think that people, you know, you spend so much time in this like virtual world, and maybe even like somewhat solitary. I think there's still something to be said for an actual gathering and an event, and like having people under one roof, like screaming, going nuts. I mean, when when uh, when the semi pro class was riding at the end of uh, the last uncovered contest, and like Mad Mike dropped in, and he just started dropping hammers least just like I thought the roof was gonna blow off. It was so loud and the energy in there was just like absolutely incredible. And I think just having creating that environment, I think people people still definitely crave that experience, you know, even if like win or lose, I think um, you and then going back to the social media thing I can't count how many times that day riders from different scenes or different cities were like oh dude what's your you know give me your number give me your Instagram what's yeah. your you know I'll follow you you follow me like we'll, we'll right. do a road trip this summer we'll meet up like or you know come ride your city or your park or whatever and it just I just saw like that networking happen and that's, I was like ooh, that's mission
0: accomplished right there
1: exactly exactly and it's funny because it just like all the this, all this stress and I, I kind of have to tell myself this every once in a while because like it's stressful to put on an event you know there's a lot to think of that you don't Think of oh, yeah. off the bat, and uh,
0: all three of us know. Oh yeah,
1: yeah, and and uh, it all just makes it worth it. And you just have to tell yourself every now and then, like you know, people are gonna. As long as people show up and ride bikes, like it's a success. You know, it's like no matter what, you know, as long as people are there riding bikes, like that's the first step. That's the most important. All the rest is just details. And, uh, you know, of course, there's a million other little details and a million other little things. So, sure. much respect to anyone who ever throws any sort of event. It's the truth, smoke. though.
2: After you throw your own, then you realize how much work goes oh into that gosh. kind of stuff. Yeah, That's it's so crazy. But here's the thing it's like, you know, both of us, we're, we're both getting older, and we were the ones that show up to people's events. Yep. But now we kind of look at it, and we realize that the fire starts, you know, because of Spark. You know what I mean? Totally. So, for you making this event and seeing, look, I came here for this event. I, I mean, yeah. I, I was I was at home, and I said, all right, we're going to Wheel Mill this weekend. Hell yeah. And so I'm, I'm excited to be here because BMX needs this. Yeah. I love coming here, and I love seeing not only the kids that are riding in the contest all happy, but the, 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 the fans that are here, the family, the friends, yep. and stuff like that that get involved in it, and it just helps BMX in every possible way. So this is great. You're doing awesome, Brian. Yeah, thanks. And thank you for coming. I mean, it just makes it that much better, obviously, being
1: in, in the presence of greatness. You know, it's was like all... And there's so many, like... Awesome friends, and just I love things like this. And think, I mean, in Pittsburgh, I had no idea that my some of my Chicago friends were going to be here. You know, (laughs) it's like I love that BMX is just just is that way. Where I'm like, oh my god, like I would I would have never thought to like. Text you or something like that and be like, yo, you're gonna be in Pittsburgh? Because, you know, but that's just how BMX is. People just show up and come out of the woodwork and people get together and it's the best. So, yeah, anything that I can do, and I'm sure I can speak on behalf of Van when I say this too, but like anything we do to contribute to that and keep the spirit going is, uh, you uh, you know, that's our duty, I feel like, and that's our obligation. I mean, we've, and Scotty and I and Van, we've all been to so many great events over the years and uh, when you're young you kind of take it for granted a little bit or you're I guess we're not not that like, but you're kind of to the, to you're the, laser focused on riding and what tricks you're going to do that day and like whatever you're not so much like you're not so much looking around like dang it must have cost a lot to rent all these portabodies <laughs> <not>, dang it must <laughs> right. like you know uh, it's crazy that they, you know, they figured out this or built this or built that or cleaned mm-hmm. this up or made this look different and so yeah it's it's, uh, it's awesome and um, yeah I think just uh Leaving a place you know, leaving a place uh, better than you found it is always a good thing too, you know, like uh whether it's building something new, um, big or small. You know, obviously with with this one at the wheel mill, sure there's a lot of new stuff built. Uh and even at Charm City there was a new rail set up there that we had for the day and um and uh, we we mopped the park beforehand, you know, the night before, and just yeah. make sure or tried to make make it less slippery, you know. So just things like that, you know, respect the place, make sure you know it's a little bit better off than before you and your event came there, and uh, right. um, you know, and then uh, just and then those things can just keep happening, hopefully. So yeah, it's uh, it's awesome, but it's definitely a labor of love. I mean, a lot, a lot goes
0: into it. <laughs> no doubt. I, yeah. I I think it's so exciting that that you're doing this. Scotty's been doing it by putting on jams. I've been putting on jams. It there's a thirst for it. There's definitely a thirst for it in jam slash contest because I I kind of view this as a jam also. Yeah. It's just as much a jam <laughs> as it is a contest because of what you're saying. Yeah. People connecting, whether it be kids or, or young adults, people are connecting. And definitely, that's a jam. Yeah, it's yeah. a
2: BMX event. That's yeah.
1: what yes. it sounds to. Exactly. We need, a, we and need a, What's crazy too is uh, so. With with how our contest is going, you know, of course we uh, we have an entry fee, uh, and it's uh, basically twenty dollars for intermediate, forty dollars for semi-pro. Um, but the prizes that we have to give away are like so ridiculous. Like all the sponsors came through, like GT Fit, Source, uh, Odyssey, and Vans. All came through with so much good stuff to give away that I was just unloading my car and I was like, you know, I was like, for a second, Van and I were looking at the stuff and we were like, damn, can we enter? Like, like yeah. it's it's a it's, uh, it's pretty badass and it's uh I appreciate you know anyone who who enters and anyone involved, but also anyone who came aboard. Um, all the sponsorships, you know, we decided to cap it at five. Like, we wanted to have just five sponsors, and I appreciate other people reaching out. And uh, that's a huge honor to me, like, just to hear, like, oh, you know, how can we be involved? and. and uh, you know, just I wanted, I didn't want to have it grow too fast, or I wanted to, you know, just really try to keep it as simple as possible uh, for this first year, and um, and definitely just concentrate on the little things. But like, could not believe how how generous people have been, and then the, our grand prize of. Uh, the overall winner of the semi pro class gets, uh, and this is kind of going back to like escalating that person to another level. Um, the, uh, the winner of the semi pro class gets an all expense paid trip to England, to Hastings, to Source Park for Battle of Hastings wow. um, in, in uh, September. And you know, Battle of Hastings is something that's only been going on for two years, but it's one of the most exclusive four contests that are, you know, that are happening in BMX right now, and it really, you know, it's a contest, and it's, but it really is, like, a whole sort of event slash weekend, you know, there's a lot of cool stuff that surrounds it, like, last year they did Nora Cup there, right. um, they always do, like, barbecues in between all the contests, and, you know, they'll have, like, free food and free drinks, and they'll have, like, uh, um, you know, video premieres and, like, all this stuff, and it's, uh, you know, when I think of, like, this contest is, you um, most likely going to be you know someone you know possibly from the east coast or the midwest uh you know not to say because we don't know who's going to win yet but just geographically where these things are located um it might be someone who maybe even hasn't been out of their state or out of their region and out of their or out of their out of the country you know and they might all of a sudden get to go all the way across the pond to like the most exclusive event and uh arguably like the most core event that bmx has right now and um it's a just an absolutely incredible opportunity because it goes back to like that first taste of freedom kind of thing where like obviously the first time I left my neighborhood on a bike I felt this sense of freedom but then leaving my city, leaving my state, leaving the country, it's like all this stuff was just so eye-opening and mind-blowing and you learn so much when you travel um, that I'm just so excited to see what kind of experience this person, the winner, gets to, you know, gets to, you know, what kind of experience they get to walk away with.
0: Ooh, yeah, incredible. So, um, do your questions, quick? Quick. So Scotty Kramer was nice enough to join us, and I know he wanted to because he uh, he's obviously a fan of yours. So I'm going to read him because you, you probably can't read my handwriting. I'll but, just
2: read it out loud. I got the numbers. number. Yeah. You yeah. cool yeah. with that? I'm That's good.
0: I'm absolutely good. Sorry so
2: i got a a question for Brian. Brian, I've been following you as a BMX rider since... Honestly, since as far as I can remember really BMX. And one thing that stands out to me is just... You were just such a burly rider when it comes to riding street. Back in the day, the things that you were doing... Back in the day, the things that you were doing on street was mind-blowing. And I'm going to bring up a photo real quick. It was my favorite photo. Of yours, and it was in it was in the magazines, and I remember seeing this photo and just thinking it was impossible. There was this rail that just looked it just looked crazy, dude. It was like it had kings upon kings upon kings. It was. um it had it been out of the country. I mean, I, I couldn't yeah. tell you where this place was. I, I think it was an ad. I want to say it was, yep. a, was it was it UGP ad? UGP ad. It yeah. was a UGP ad, right? Yeah. And I just saw the rail, and I remember looking at it, thinking that's impossible there's no <laughs> way he made it to the bottom yeah like can you tell me like what was your craziest slash most challenging rail that you've ever conquered riding BMX, and what was the story to it mm.
1: it's really hard
2: really hard to think
1: of the most challenging Uh, because some of them are like physically challenging and some are just mentally challenging you know some of them obviously are uh, you know you're scared to death and it's like you know one shot kind of deal Um, and uh, you know like really either you know mental battle or physical battle or both you know obviously you know when you get to do a physical battle with a trick like that can play with your head and all that stuff so uh, but I'll go back to that ad and I appreciate you bringing that up uh, that ad was in Puerto Rico and uh, Frymouth and I had gone to Puerto Rico I basically was on spring break from college and, oh, okay. Uh, uh, for whatever reason I found like the craziest cheap deal to go to Puerto Rico and I had heard that it was like cheap once you got there too uh, so I talked to Dave about it and we basically like decided to go to Puerto Rico and um, we rode a bunch of cool stuff, we had a great trip uh, and it was one of the last days, of the, it was actually the last day of the trip, we were driving from one side of the island to the other, we had gone like all the way down to Ponce and we were driving back and I'm dead asleep, like actually kind of half hung over in the car <laughs> and I'm dead asleep and I, I Primeth like pulls over and we're, we were on this gravel road and I wake up from like, the, I'm in the passenger seat. And I was like, "What's going on?" He's like, "I think I just found your UGP ad." And I was like, "What?" And he's like, "Yeah, there's this rail I just saw on the side of the road, and uh, it was this—it was a burned-down house, or I think it was a house, some sort of like big house slash building, and it was burned down. And then there's obviously this rail out in front that had like knuckles in it, so like those weird pipe connectors, and then the harshest kinks. And uh, it was about like a—I t- don't know—at least an hour battle. Uh, where uh i had to like try it a bunch and then i was so overheated and so sweaty and like like i said not just not in the best condition in general like to be trying that rail and uh i remember sitting in the car like with the air conditioning blasting like giving myself a pep talk drinking water being like all right brian you got this like next try you got this and i was just sitting in that car like you know trying to sweat out my hangover and basically like uh drinking this huge jug of drug you know jug of water and just trying to like essentially come away with this rail that might have been impossible but also the surroundings were just crazy it really was in the middle of nowhere like random highway whatever and yeah eventually I I got it done off the end and uh, it's actually in the intro to my part in the system video so there is video evidence of it it is out there I did it you know uh, but yeah when you see the photo it looks impossible and it was funny it was funny because they actually had to put that in the ad they had to put like a little uh, almost like a little um, caption hidden yeah, in yeah. the ad that says like yes he pulled this rail uh, you look at it and you're like there's no way like with the
2: it's just the most messy piece of pipe you've ever it was, seen it, yeah. it didn't <laughs> but, it look fake it really did like yeah. staring at this thing as a as a kid I mean at the time I might have I might have been 16 or 17 and like I mean I've, I've done rails at this point but that just I just didn't see as possible and you, oh, man, you I heard you say there was knuckles on it there was like little connectors that were like in yeah between yeah wasn't
1: there. so you know your peg can barely I mean your pegs it kind of sounds like a like a doorbell every time
2: you hit one of those it's like da-ding, da-ding, da-ding. <laughs> Yeah, you guys gotta yeah. go find it anybody that's uh, listening to this right now once you're done please go check this out because yeah, it was the craziest oh, thing was, I, maybe i'll, I'll dig it up man it
1: pops up every once in a while like someone will, someone will send okay. me like an instagram message on it or something but um yeah it's a yeah, put it up on your instagram up. or
2: something somehow I will, it's a will, real yeah, needs yeah. to see it no i
1: love for you to, and i appreciate you bringing that up and i'm honored because there's obviously been so many photos and clips over the years that,
2: uh, that I've seen of you that I thought were impossible so uh, thanks, Brian. I appreciate it it means thanks
0: a lot that's year. awesome <laughs> I'm glad oh, yeah. you brought that up yeah that's, I'm glad, you, an, I'm glad I finally insane. got the story
2: behind that yeah. thing yeah. <laughs> I feel very privileged but yeah. oh, I'm gonna perfect. go run over to uh, the Welcome Jam we're gonna go get uh, a couple of the events going I think we got this train event coming up and nice. we have like all these costumes that we made for it so I gotta go uh, get oh, nice. that going so okay. guys enjoy that the podcast I'm excited you. to listen to it when it's all done yeah. and I'll see you guys a little bit later oh honor see you Thanks, Scotty. It. Yeah, thanks.
0: Appreciate it. Scotty had actually uh, had another question that I'm going to... Th- th- this may even come down to the same answer, but it's uh, what was the craziest slash strangest slash challenging rail you ever conquered? Was that the one?
1: Yeah, uh, that's one of them. There's a, There was another one in Puerto Rico, actually, that was... Uh, I had tried, um, I tried on that trip, but I had... Uh, just got melted on, so I, uh, that one didn't work out, but I ended up going back to Puerto Rico, like, the next year and got that done, but it was essentially a mammoth-sized triple kinker in front of a hospital, ironically, um, (laughs) and, uh, it was literally rolling right past the entrance to the emergency room as I'm about to hop on this rail, um, so that was, uh, and that's also in, that might be in the system video also, however, um, and I'll find out for sure, but that one is a triple kinker to ice because it was uh, tr- like a triple stage rail where um, when you put your pegs on it, it's like lightning fast. And so I would go down, flat down, and then by the time I got to the last part, I didn't have any other choice but to ice pick because you're going way too fast for pegs. You just you just sail right past it. So, um, yeah, I got that done. Uh, again, a little bit of a battle, but that clip actually, um, the footage of that got, uh, got glitched. So there is... Uh, there's a clip of that also in the system video, I think, but, um, or maybe it was in a different video part, I'll have to find out, but that was, oh no, it might be in Living in Exile, Okay. Us, but, uh, in the Ride BMX Living in Exile, but that, that, uh, there is footage up with the best angle of it, uh, unfortunately got glitched, you know, back in the days of tapes, getting glitched, so, Chris, I remember Chris Rye trying to fix, like, fix the glitched footage, and it was just yeah. too beat up, uh, you know, maybe I like rewound it and watched it too many times or something like that. I don't know, but uh, but yeah, man. Any all rails are different. I think that's yeah. just why I love rails in general. Um, they're always challenging. They're you know they come in all shapes and sizes. And, um, they're just always uh, they're always scary, and you know there's no no two rails are the same or exactly the same. So uh, it's just always fun, and I think just street in general, um, it's just a. The best of me, because it really is like uh, I do treat it like um, in art form. Like I, I just uh, love sitting there and analyzing a spot, and like just dreaming up things to do on a spot, or just searching for that perfect thing. And it's uh, yeah, it's, it's uh, there's just the whole the whole process involved with street riding is something that I'm in love with, along with obviously the riding itself. So right, yeah. right. Um, no, that's good. It's, it's, and man, I just gotta say, aside like I just. Scotty's such a G in general like just him him coming to any, like all these events coming to something like this and um, sure. just uh, everything he does you know, we touched on that before but you know obviously uh, a yeah. huge honor to have him a part of this so Scotty for listening to this thank you again you're the man
0: yeah he's <laughs> he's awesome we, uh, we we became friends last year when I put on the jam for him yeah. and, um, and he is now uh, looking to help with any jams that I do in the future which we're having our fourth annual this year which is for uh, Kevin Robinson's yeah, family. that's
1: what you mentioned. Yeah. So that's
0: the end of July, July 29th. But uh, he's actually putting it on with me because he wants to give back.
1: Awesome.
0: You know, yeah. he he was given to, unexpectedly, on his end, so many times this past year that he said, you know, I, I want to be part of this. I want yeah. to be part of giving to the next guy that needs yeah. it. In this case, the family of. Yeah. And... Um, He's just such a great guy. I mean, it's—he's uh, been a silver lining to, to 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 so many things for so many people. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, when he sent the question, I saw it on my Instagram. I said. You're going to be here, too? You you, you know, <laughs> let's let's have you in here and actually That's ask awesome. the question. So yeah. he said, you mean, like, make a little bit of a celebrity appearance? I said, absolutely. That's what I want. You know, because <laughs> I knew you'd appreciate it. Obviously, oh, yeah. your you're genre. you're closer yeah. with him uh, over the years than than than, uh, than most of us. So yeah. it's uh, that was really nice. But um, I can hit some questions if you'd like, if you feel we've covered the uh, the event. Uh, actually let's do a little more on the event before we hit some questions before we go to Instagram questions so you've done one stop first one was Charm City that was Maryland
1: yeah yeah we did it at their uh, at the stop so they have one uh, they have one park the main Charm City park is in Baltimore right Uh, we were thinking about doing it there but there's uh, the Charm City Mason Dixon where we ended up doing it Uh, that one's north of Baltimore about I don't know 40 minutes or 50 minutes or something like that but um it's a, it's a little bit north, and it's kind of like it's in actually middle of nowhere a little bit. It's like in a small town, but it was equidistant from Philly and then the whole DC Baltimore area. Sure. Um, and uh, so it was kind of having it in that location, I was, and it actually was the case where uh, guys came down from the Philly area, you know, it was kind of a little more accessible and closer to there than going all the way down to Baltimore. Um, and then also obviously brought some guys up, so it was a good middle ground and um, it was a good uh, sort of like meet up place, I guess, and, and the setup is more street oriented too, So. Um, so yeah, it was just a that was a good stop, and now we got this stop, and then Milwaukee Four Seasons is going to be incredible because I've been to tons of contests and jams there over the years, but I've never actually hosted my own, and uh, just to be able to do something at that park, a park that again I grew up riding was uh, is uh, awesome, you know, and they they've always loved, they've been always been about BMX and. They have uh, the owner Neil is a great guy and uh, they always are changing stuff. They're always throwing events. They're always like building new ramps. Build, you know they've just been such a huge part of Midwest BMX in general. Um, so I'm just super honored to have it there. And then that's obviously where we're going to finish off the series, but then also announce the the winner, the grand prize winner as well. So um, yeah, that'll be at the end of March and. Uh, it's gonna be uh, it's it's gonna be exciting between this and that. I mean, there's there's a a lot of BMX that's gonna happen, and I think uh, a lot of uh, a lot of new faces. I think that people haven't been familiar with, or maybe haven't seen enough of. That uh, you know, hopefully now you can they can get another set of eyes on. And, um, and again, that's not that is like uh, one of the goals, but the the main goal again is like just getting bike riders together and just um, hopefully creating an environment that makes people want to push it, makes people want to yell, scream, cheer, whatever, you know, so it's uh, um, to just uh, you know, create that uh, that fun, energetic, and aggressive environment.
0: So, right. Yeah. Well, a, a place like this, I've been to a couple jams here, uh, granted not contests, but jams, and i mean obviously we're at one right now today is the welcome jam which they have annually the last time i came here and 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 recorded a few interviews was for a women's weekend so it was it it was basically a women's jam but they did instructional also so that was really cool Uh, but stuff is happening it's really happening it's more so than i've seen in past years for sure so there's definitely movement right now. I yeah. think there's more people involved. Yeah. More people are getting psyched up, giving back. Yeah. Two years of Swamp Fest for Trey Jones. Right. Yeah, you know that, that was event was wildly successful. It, yeah. Was, yeah. Excellent.
1: it was shout out to Trey. And moving actually moving a, uh, a step back. Sure,
0: um, go for uh, it.
1: I just want to say something about women in BMX in general. Um, that is something that, over the last, I mean, it's always, it's, it's, it's always impressed me. Like uh, back from, uh, you know, the first time I met Nina Buitrago, like she has, you know, been a obviously a pioneer. Uh, and uh, I remember the. I, I know Nina and all this stuff, but I remember getting the phone call uh, back when I wrote for DK, That uh, getting the phone call from the owner of DK, like, hey, so uh, what would your thoughts be about, um, you know, we're debating back and forth, like, do you think Nina should be on the team, like on the pro team? And I was like, hell, that was like, initially I was just like, just, hell yes. I was like, not only is she like an absolutely perfect person to be representing, you know, women in BMX, but like she'll hopefully inspire so many more women to get into BMX, and uh, I think that it's. I was like, it would just be you know the a huge mistake not to you know, and I think that this is obviously a segment of BMX too that I think has so much room to grow, you know, and and, and how awesome it could be if like how awesome because you're always I always say you know oh the more people on bikes the better you know the more people riding the better sure. well don't forget about that other like 50 percent of the population you know like don't right you can't just you, you can't just think about like just you know men or boys riding bikes and, and, and right. uh, of course you know and so now fast forward to now like this year I've gone to like some of those feast contests and sure. of course I've seen like uh like sister session at simple session over in Estonia and stuff like that but every year and almost every contest I go to the, the women are progressing like crazy. I mean, the stuff that they're doing is like, from, you can see it from like event to event. You can tell that now they're like, they've always like sort of been feeding off of each other for motivation but you can tell now that um, just the fact that they're they're having more events and more contests and there is more of a sort of a structure for them and, and almost like a goal in mind. Like of course anyone's goal is to have fun, but like something they can work towards as far as like contest series and those sort of things, like man, it is awesome and unreal. And it's awesome too because it's not just one style. Like Nina, obviously, she's the first female bike rider to ever do a handrail on the street, but you know, then you have like Hannah, for example, who's I did like not doing know flares. That anyway, but yeah. Yeah, so like yeah, awesome. Nina, you know, did rails back in the day. Right. And Nina obviously can do tons of other tricks. Oh like, sure. She might have been the first girl to bar spin too. I don't don't quote me on that, but she's had a lot of firsts. But um, but so you have you know, but Nina can also ride ramps and everything, but then you have like Hannah who can do flares and yeah. tail whips and like It's exciting and then, like just, you know, she grew up riding, like, in Indiana, Mad Dogs Park, so, like, at the kitchen, so she's like, has those, like, crazy big ramp skills, and, um, and then you have, like, you know, you have, like, women with, like, super good, like, flowy style, where they're doing, like, awesome transfers and flowing all over the place, and, like, basically, you know, like, riding, like, smoother than I could ever dream of, you know, right. and I think that's, uh, it's just awesome. It's awesome to see them all be able to find their niche, too, because that's, you know, and... that's what's cool about BMX for men too is that like there's so many little niches within this niche we call BMX you know if you're a punk rock kind of dude you have riders that you can look up to and follow and whatever and if you're a a hip hop kind of guy or if you like riding street or trails or ramps or whatever like dress this way or listen to this music or, or be a combination of them all and just be yourself you know there's someone you can like look up to in almost every sort of like genre and, and it's awesome to see that transcend over into women's BMX as well and, and it just uh, it's just be one big community and, and have it be freestyle and, um, sure. but man so inspiring to see how quickly they're progressing so Thank shout out to Nina shout out to any like any any female BMX are out there like you guys are paving the way right now and I love watching it and future is going to be fucking crazy (laughs) (laughs) it's it's
0: great it's it's definitely it's definitely happening there's a there's more jams going on than I've ever seen for women there's more instructional jams like like we talked about there was just one last weekend at Ray's yeah yeah there must have been a hundred women there at Ray's they they
1: sold out right away they did maxed out right away which
0: and I'm probably off on the number I, I know I know people from up in the northeast where I'm from Cruised out there. They were, yeah. they were there. Someone from England came. There was, they, they were coming, coming from all over. So there, there's a strong women's scene, yeah. And it's because of, you know, women like Carly Young, Nina Petrago. I'm going to forget people I, I know, but um, they're doing a good job. Yeah. They're definitely good job, doing a good job. And there's trails women too that are doing it. And They're putting on Women's Weekend, so it's happening. So maybe it's a matter of time. Before they start their contest series, you know, yeah. an uncovered version of the hey. the women's series, yeah. yeah. Like or I,
1: like I said before, never say never. Never you know? say never. So <laughs> may,
0: maybe that's next. You know, you never yeah. you never know. So, but uh, BMX in the Olympics for for women—that's in mm-hmm. men, of yeah. course, both for freestyle. That's a big step, huge step. So I think that's a good driver right now. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's. And I
1: think the cool thing too is like with with the Olympics stuff and, and with all of this like uh, I, I view the Olympics as you know it's a huge opportunity obviously for some people but um, and it's uh, but I, I just view it as such a good thing for BMX because it will get uh, it'll get more people into it'll get people into BMX uh, and maybe have people um have people have yet again like another sort of goal or another sort of, uh, um, and it won't be everybody. It won't be you know not everyone even wants to be in a contest. Not even everyone wants to uh, ride with people. You know some people like to ride by themselves, but um, I think you know then there's there's these ultra competitive people. Like some people live, eat, and breathe for contests. You know, and uh, it's uh, but I think it's great, and I think it's something that's going to provide. Uh, definitely provide opportunity but just to provide some exposure and the best part about it is that it's not going to hurt it's not going to hurt street riding it's no. not going to hurt even your your like concrete bowl session it's not going to hurt your session at the trails like you can still do that and you can still that's what i love about it is like yes like bmx freestyle could be an olympic sport and whatever but you can still no matter what you can still always grab your bike and walk out your front door and go you know, race hell somewhere if you want to. You know, and I think that that's like that rebellious spirit of BMX. I don't think will ever be lost, and it'll always be, it'll always be there. And that's sort of the the essence of it. And you can always just go do your own thing and be your own, you know, be yourself. And I think that that's uh, that's what's great about it. And why not just add another sort of uh, how do I say it? Just like area to that, or, or sure. you know, just add another. Uh, Another shelf to that bookcase, essentially, you know, right. Uh, right. that we call BMX. Because you know, why not? It's a um, right. Yeah, you know, I, I mean, it could still be as like as hardcore and as independent as, as say, like you know, nonconformist as you want to, you know, uh, as a BMXer. You know, right. I, it just uh, you know, it, it's a. Uh, I think it's just good all around. I,
0: I truly believe that's why BMX freestyle is doing is the strongest area of the of the disciplines we'll say because of well first of all accessibility accessibility is a major major issue but that freedom of expression and sometimes the lack of interest in, in kids wanting to compete maybe they just want to express themselves so it's good that you have a contest series but freestyle really gives kids an opportunity to express themselves in an accessible environment without feeling like they have to be the best, they can just be themselves. Totally Takes that finish line out of it. And you know, literally takes that finish line out of it. And I I love BMX racing, don't get me wrong, I still do it. But freestyle, I believe with today's today's type of rider, and certainly kids growing up today, I've got this feeling that the, the racing type of part of BMX anyway, is just not as appealing, it's, this is an easier atmosphere for kids to really participate in, yeah. and maybe even on the contest level if you lay it out that way, that it's a bunch of people having, it's basically a jam that happens to be scored but yeah, there's yep. no finish line you know what I mean, and yeah. everyone's gonna get something you totally. know, it's you, totally. so, yeah.
1: And, that, and that's what, you know, it's, it's funny, like growing up I played tons of sports like hockey was a huge one, and I played football and baseball and soccer and you name it. And it's, uh, you know, it was was around that time, um, like I said, when I was about 12 or 13 when I got my BMX bike that uh, I needed something that didn't have that structure and didn't have that, uh, you know, that didn't have the coach, like, screaming at you all the time and that kind of thing. So it was uh, um, just, and it's so funny all the stuff you learn, you know, that you can learn through bike riding or or progress in a way. Like, I always think back to... uh, My first year in my freshman year in college, like I was uh, so nervous for finals. I was like freaking out. Like, I had a big final exam coming up, and like I had just done like uh, this crazy huge rail the day before, and it was just so weird how I was so nervous to um, for this test, but yet the consequences were, you know, if I I don't know, if I don't do well on this test, like, so I get a bad grade and I have to retake the class or something like that, like, if I would have fucked up on that rail, I would have been going to the hospital or who knows, you know, right. so it's like, uh, it just put like, a, a different, you know, put that perspective of, uh, rational fear, you know, and, and, uh, just putting... And, and of course like that just calmed my fears you know for, for anything for public speaking for you know test taking it's a lot of different things in life you know you do, anytime you surpass your expectations or do something that you never thought never dreamed you could do like it's just amazing that uh, you know that, that you can learn that through a silly BMX bike with pegs that you like to grind down a piece of pipe or something like you know what I mean right. it's just uh, but it's it's uh, just incredible and I, I think it's awesome to just provide that opportunity and uh, it's awesome if uh, going back to that Olympic stuff. It's awesome if a kid will, the kid's parents will view BMX as legitimate uh, because it's in the Olympics, right. and buy that kid a bike or something, sure. or help him get sure. one, or, or uh, you know, um, allow him to get one. I think that that's uh, that's a great thing too. You know, if, if it uh, um, allows parents to be like, oh, okay, like I, I can see, I can see you doing this. You know, rather than like you know, rather than if they had. Been introduced to be an extra different
0: way. but And sure. uh, in, in, let's face it, every kid would like, or I'm sorry, every parent would like their kid to choose, or at least try out some different, some different hobbies slash sports. For sure. So it's it's really important to be able to have a kid at least try the stick and ball, try the bike, you yep. know. Just find their place, and totally. maybe it's something totally. Maybe it's art. Maybe it's yeah. something.
1: And you know what? You know? I, you know what I want to say too is, is uh, to BMXers out there, like, I think it's really important to still do all that other stuff, even though you love BMX. Like, I think that it's important to have those those other hobbies and those other outlets, those other interests, and just those other experiences, um, because I also think that that's what helps BMX grow, and that's what I love about. BMX too, it's like a lot, I've met so many BMX riders that like, oh, you're like, you're not just a rider, but you're also like an awesome musician, painter, uh, you know, um, electrician or uh, you know, any sort like a contractor or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. there's so many, I think it's so rad that all walks of life, like people, you know, and that BMXers can, you know, can come from all walks of life, but also have such diverse sort of like talents and interests outside of that and I I love having that common bond and meeting those people that maybe I would have never ever met Uh, but but yeah I would say that to BMXers like you know and even if young kids young or old if you're listening to this I think it's always really important to try and respect other things you know like like I'll give like a recent example for me would be rock climbing like my wife wanted to try rock climbing and I never really thought about it one way or the other. I had actually tried it years ago in Spain for like uh, an afternoon. But uh, I was kind of like, I don't know, one way or the other. But like, of course, to support my wife, I was like, yeah, I'll go with you. You know, let's let's try this out together. And man, it's so, when you you can really relate it to BMX. Like, I'm there and I'm looking at this wall that has all these different routes I can take and I'm like sitting there like eyeing up my line, so to speak. You know, I'm like, right. I'm like oh, you know, I could go like transfer from there to there and like you know maybe go about it that way and um and uh you know, there's so many different creative ways you could like climb up a wall for example just as there's so many different creative ways you can go up or down a handrail or you know so many creative things you can do on a quarter pipe you know it's it's uh it's all that stuff but i think you know to bmxers like respect all that stuff too and, and people when someone says like hey i'm into whatever like knitting basket weaving whatever like you know, look beyond the surface and, and, uh, because even rock climbing a little bit, I was kind of like, I don't know, you know, the shoes and the whatever, I don't know, but that, but like, once I started doing it, I was like, this is pretty badass and like, now I totally realize where these people's passion is coming from and why they keep doing it and it goes for just about anything, you know, it's, it's a, um, it can, that can go for music, it can go for any sort of activity and sport and whatever, just like, keep an open mind and anything you can relate to BMX is like, You'll, you'll kind of you'll be one of those people that that gets in can click with just about anyone and i think that's uh it's just always a blessing like i love to just be able to see things with with those eyes you know and uh, um respect what other people do just you know as a hobby because, you know we just ride a little bike and right, yeah right. I, I do think it's the coolest thing in the world but right. uh you know other people think that other things are the coolest things sure in the world. so yeah, it's a, it's it, 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 it
0: would be nice if the term Renaissance man wasn't such a such an odd thing now. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's yeah. <laughs> You know, it, and they have they have more kids that they probably already have this going on, but they're not talking about it. Right. For instance, my son surfs and skates, but he's an eagle. Well, he just became an Eagle Scout, so he was doing scouting. He doesn't talk about it a lot because the skate kids probably wouldn't appreciate it. But, um, but yeah we need an appreciation of yeah. within that he'll sport
1: learn, yeah he'll learn through that he'll because, learn skills and he'll make friends and he'll you know have experiences and I think that's all uh, but
0: maybe another kid would try Boy Scouts if he said it you know if it was more accepting you know it's yeah, yeah. but yeah there's a I think there's a little bit of a lack of it and I'm not I'm, you know, I'm not saying that you're saying there's a major lack of it but there's a there is a lack of it I think you know, if there's a little more appreciation of it, I think it'll go a long way. That's all. I think yeah. you hit a, a strong oh, point good there.
1: Uh, it's good too for when you, for days when you can't ride. Like I uh, broke my, I actually broke my neck or my back uh, five weeks ago. I fractured uh, my T6
2: vertebrae. Oh so wow. I
1: basically looped out on this rail and I fractured a vertebrae in my back. And, yeah. Um, you know, not fun, not something. But it could have been way worse. So I'm, I'm happy that it, it's, uh, you know, just needs some rest. I and mean, it's actually probably almost close to healed. Uh, it's pretty sore still, but it's uh, getting better and better. And, um, but it's things like that. Like now I have this contest series to, uh, you know, to focus energy on. And of course, I, I'd, I'd rather be riding more than anything, you know, but, uh, you know, it's good to have those, those other things to channel your energy into a channel, uh, um, and then luckily it's winter time too, so I can, right. uh, right. you know, it's the winter months, it's a little bit colder, it's a little dreary, you know, you can work on other stuff, but yeah, it's a, you know, just a blessing to always have things like this to, to work on and just, uh, other sort of interests and projects, you know, even though, like, riding my bike is my, the, still the absolute, like, funnest thing in the world, and, and, uh, what I... You know what I feel like I push myself the most on, you know. but, right. Yeah.
0: It's, yeah. It's, a, it's all good. Yeah. Point well. Point well made. Point well taken. Yeah. Um, if you want to hit a couple questions, we'll do that. For
1: sure.
2: Yeah. And be because up, I be told you this wise. would fly
0: by, we're an hour and ten minutes, oh, just wow. like that.
2: Wow.
1: Uh Anyone still tuning in? Thank you for uh, <laughs> sticking with us, man. I Trust hope. Me. I just hope went we through. got like a good cup of coffee yeah. or a beer or something.
0: <laughs> People. Uh, well, as far as I know,
1: yeah. you know a lot of pe-
0: a lot of people love it. Ronnie Bonner spent two and a half hours. It is just, yeah. of course, that guy can tell a story like no other. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. and, and really yeah, and usually it's probably stuff you don't want the kids to be around for. <laughs> yeah. uh, he, he, he told a lot of great stories, company stories, just you know, working his way through the industry. You know, just yeah, really yeah. interesting stuff. So did. So did Mark Zalewski, the, the guy that uh, runs TNT.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, which was originally his father's company. That, that's. It, it was a two-hour interview because you. So many people listening, just they're glued to it because they're getting bits and pieces of information and they're take the. You know, there's always these takeaways. So. You know. Oh, yeah. Believe me, we're on the yes. short side so far. <laughs> but uh, then anyway, it was nice to have Scotty come, and that was a good surprise and. We covered uh, we covered the contest series, I think, pretty well. You comfortable yeah, yeah. with that? Yeah. All right. In in you know.
1: And again, just thank you to anyone who comes to them, who so anyone who said anything nice about it and kind about it. Uh, I will say one more thing about this uh, about the series, and one thing I've been impressed with so far was uh, at Charm City after the contest. So. I obviously didn't need anyone to thank me for the contest. I mean, the riders that showed up, that was like the thank you to me. Like, sure. if you showed up and you shredded, like, that's that's all, you know, that's all I cared about, you know? That's all I, I wanted, you know? I didn't need... But I think just about almost every rider who was there, like, came up to me personally and thanked me for... Uh, and I think they probably did the same with Van, too. But, like, thanked me for putting the contest on. Like, like oh man, we don't have enough that happens around here. and stuff like that and I think that that was uh, uh, I mean uh, again like that was just like a, the cherry on top so to speak and it yeah. also put faith in like I think a lot of people talk shit on this generation of like even like the millennial generation but also like just any sort of younger kids are like oh they feel so they're lazy or they're entitled or they're whatever like I didn't I didn't see a sense of entitlement at all like every every single kid almost just about like I said like came up and thanked me or like you know went out of their way to like just you know give it give a shout out and whether it was either in person or online but a lot in person too which you know they say like oh kids these days are, they have no interpersonal skills or just right. on their phone and whatever like no like I've met so many rad younger riders just from just from the first stop you know And I can't even imagine by the end of the series like how many new riders I'm going to personally discover nonetheless like you know, uh, you know, all the rest, so it's uh, it's incredible, and thanks again, uh, and thanks for asking about it, and, and uh, being interested in it, because, oh, you know, yeah. it is uh, kind of, you know, just like a passion project between Van and I, but uh, it's uh, really, really turned into a motivating, cool thing, so I'm
0: really excited. Yeah, I'm more than happy to, whenever I zone in on something that someone is doing to give back, I mean, I'm, I'm all over it, because that's... That's my deal, especially as I get older. You, you know, being in my late 40s, it's all about giving back. I have the ability to give back. I have, I guess, somewhat of a skill set to give back. I have the passion to give back. So, don't waste it. You know, that's yeah. the way I look at it. Is yeah. if you have that, don't waste it. Use yeah. it. And uh, so, obviously, seeing what you were doing, I, I definitely yeah. wanted to talk to you about it. So, yeah. so it's it's really good stuff. But. Um,
1: and it's, uh, uh, speaking of kind of along that same train of thought though that's how i felt about the bakery so in chicago um yeah basically 2011 through 2013 uh had like my own private facility you know that i would invite people to come ride oh okay uh, i invite basically invite pros to come from all over we filmed videos and essentially created uh created our own content you know in an old bread factory building which uh was uh, this sketchy old warehouse that used to be a, a huge bread factory in, in Chicago in uh, the, on the south side in a, a really a sketchy neighborhood, but it was, like, the perfect place because we could be as loud as we want, whatever. It was when I was... I basically built it out of necessity, sort of, because I lived in a cold place in Chicago that I needed a place to ride in the winter, and I was driving to Four Seasons in Milwaukee a lot, like, right. several times a week, and it was an hour and a half drive each way, and it was costing a lot in gas and all that stuff, and I was like, man, I wonder what I could get a warehouse for, you know, and I ended up, um, I ended up finding the right place, but when it came time to, like, build the ramps and all this stuff, like, it was going to be expensive, and um, and it kind of came down to the... The idea of, like, I, I ended up winning, or not winning, but I ended up doing well at an X Games, where I had some extra money, and I uh, also had some sponsors chip in as well to build this place, but, like, uh, after the initial, after the initial um, startup cost, like, it was all, you know, it was all me, and uh, um, and I actually just threw a bunch of my own money as well into, like, the initial batch of wood, and it was just like, you know, you're, you're putting all this money into it, and, uh, and I never, like, lived my life based on contests, so like, when I had, I had basically gotten bronze, a bronze medal at X Games one year, and uh, um, so it was a big chunk of money that I never lived my life thought thinking or depending on, so all of a sudden it was like this huge bonus, like, oh my gosh, like, you know, I don't really live like any sort of lavish, I live like a really modest lifestyle, so I, uh, yeah. so I, you know, all of a sudden have this, like, get this X Games check that I, like, it's like, holy crap, I was like, you know, what can you, you can do a number of things with that I obviously put a little bit away just to save um, to save just you know obviously to always have like a little backup but um, you know some people buy maybe a fancy car or they buy themselves you know whatever I don't know you know some sort of luxury sort of item uh, and I was like you know like let's use a car for example if you buy like a fancy car the only one who can enjoy that is you and maybe whoever's sitting in the passenger seat and uh, I was like you know I don't need any of that like I'm fine driving my my little Honda around and I was like why not build something that like not only I can enjoy but like my friends can enjoy too and like obviously I have friends from around the world have an excuse for them to come to Chicago and visit me but then also like the local guys who helped me build and help uh, you know who are friends of mine I obviously couldn't fully open it up to the public because of insurance reasons and stuff like that I couldn't afford to actually run I couldn't afford to run a public skate park but uh but I, you know, wanted to have a place, like, basically anyone who helped sweep or build ramps or whatever were friends of mine, like, I let them come ride for free. And, uh, right. you know, it was just awesome because, like, here's, like, I can, you know, have, like, a place for me and my friends to hang out rather than just, like, some, you yeah. know, sort of, a, you know, something that only I could enjoy, you know. So they, they, I, I mean, it's important. It's important to sort of think about the community as a whole and also think about, um, and then obviously when the bakery, you it eventually came to its demise because I couldn't find right. I was on its second location I couldn't find a building to do it in and I was oh, okay. like oh, what the fuck like what am I going to do now with like this energy and that's when I started focusing on the um, Grant Park the public skate Park in Chicago right. which is like in Chicago's front yard it's like their main park if you've been to the city almost like Chicago's like version of Central Park sort mm-hmm. of except it's on the lakefront and
0: uh, by the convention um, center
1: uh, that way just yeah just, just slightly north of that but yeah okay. it's a um, like where they have Lollapalooza, the huge sure. music festival. And it's right like near the museum yeah. campus okay. and stuff. Um, okay. But they were wanted to build a park there and I wanted to make sure that bikes were allowed and I wanted to help with the funding and help with the, um, any sort of like the construction of it and all that stuff and focus my energy on that. And that was really rewarding too. Granted, I uh, um, you know wasn't indoors and stuff like that, but it was sure. something where I'm like, okay, if I put all these hours and... Resources, basically, if I put all this time into into getting this park built. Like, not only will I get to ride it, but you know, it's a public park, so the um, BMXers of Chicago will get to ride it, as well as like anyone who comes to town. It'll give people a reason to come to town, and just hopefully create generations more of BMXers. You know,
0: See, it, this is nothing to, new to you to give back. No, it,
1: but but you know, it doesn't it doesn't always have to be always have to be financial oh no, no Have no. to be you yeah. know but yeah i mean it could be as simple as like taking the time to keep teach a kid at the park to drop in yes uh, it could be something as big as like yeah throwing a contest yeah or like that.
0: i agree and i'm glad you yeah. said that because so shout I, out to
1: I, anyone I, who does any of those things big or small uh any of you riders out there um who you know have taken the time out to do something you know help out a fellow rider or, or your scene or whatever that's so sick that's like definitely yeah. the
0: best thing you can do I, i'm really happy you brought that up because i i often get into this zone of you know events 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 or uh, what have you and so you're right it can be at any level and i think Ronnie bonner even brought up in his interview you can do it at any level it doesn't matter what level just do your best to just yeah do something especially for someone social, else to encourage especially with social sport. media
1: now you could just be like you know it could just be as simple as posting like hey let's meet up here at this time and sure. know, let's spread sure. you know so it's uh, That's definitely just, awesome it's, uh, it's a good uh, I think BMX is at a good point right now I know it's like it's never perfect and there's always like ups and downs in the industry and stuff and um, I think something I was actually gonna um, I wanted to bring up to you because I know you've been around BMX for way longer than I have but then, mm-hmm. correct me if I'm wrong, you sure. kind of took a hiatus a little bit. I did, I did. So, how, how long was the hiatus? Maybe like 10 years?
0: No, it was it was really? uh, 98 to 2015, so it was a good oh, wow, chunk. Okay. It was yeah. 17 years. Okay,
1: so when you left, like, kind of when you, like, left BMX to when you came back, mm-hmm. this is always interesting to me to see what you thought, because I've been, like, nose to the grindstone BMX ever since then. You know, I've been, like, really, you know, um, really really involved in BMX uh, just the time I 90s. was out yeah 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 right around there yeah, yeah right. I, I started riding in like mid like 94 oh, okay. but then um, yeah I was really kind of like I was in my first video in 98 and then like you know just kind of went went from there snowballed but um, mm-hmm. but yeah so I wanted to give so, your opinion sure. when, you, when you came back to BMX yeah did you was there anything that sort of is there anything that sort of surprised you or, or anything, like, positive or negative that you think was, like, an initial shock? Like, something like, whoa, I can't... I mean, obviously the riding level had, like, gone through the... Roof, yeah, that... You know, but, like, and that's odd, you know, that's kind of, I guess, obvious. But anything sort of, like, going a little deeper, like, culturally? Sure. Did anything, like, culturally change? I guess by that point you had social media versus... Uh, there were it, there were
0: definitely some... some uh, some big changes. Uh, the scene had shifted. There's no question. The scene had definitely shifted from... When I left in 97, 98, we were all racing. And we were riding trails at the same time. Yeah, yeah. So that was... That when went the hand in, in hand. The contests
1: were at the track. Yes, usually, they were at yeah. the
0: track. Yeah. yeah. So trails were really important and almost... It seemed like almost everyone that that um, basically you went to a race so you could meet up your friends, then you'd go to trails. So, for instance, there was a, there were trails in fairly close to here near the South Park BMX track. Called Push, yep. which oh, yeah. were run by a bunch of okay. guys from around here, and I'm actually staying with one of them this weekend. Nice. That's Ground Chuck Isaac McRae. Oh yeah,
1: legend. Yeah, yeah. super
0: legend. Style and legend. Is uh, his interviews hilarious? I think I sent you that one, but um, but anyway, that was a way to meet people. It, so the racing uh, toward the end became more of an excuse to get together and then go to the trails. So when I came back, there was. An absolute segregation, because now you had uh, that that nasty word clips, you know, clipping, yeah, yeah. clip in puddles. Yep. So now there were far less kids that were that were diverse enough to race and ride trails because they didn't really know the feel of a bike without being clipped in they couldn't go to a skate park or to the trails or whatever and I we even went to Malali back in the day and we did everything and raced yeah so I saw that instant segregation within the sport and um of disciplines and that was a little little bit of a downer for me uh I kind of felt like I was the the weird guy at the trails that also raced you know, because yeah. I continue to support the sport of BMX racing. Yeah. You know, by racing once a week. And, awesome. you know, it's... I don't always love it. Some some nights I'm just, you know, during the summer I'm like, I would kind of rather go home go for a walk with my wife or just do something yeah. else, but...
1: I think it's badass. I mean, I always... I never raced, so I always envy people who did because you can immediately tell with their bike control and everything. Like, you yeah. can just... Yeah, you can just tell when someone raced. And yeah. I always envy that, um... For me, it just came down to like uh, kind of economics. Like my parents were gonna buy me one style of bike or the other, and, uh, sure. and I chose a freestyle bike because uh, I, I was a little bit more interested in tricks. But man, some of my friends had like the light, like elves, and the um, yeah. uh, What was the other one like? I knew a dude who had like a Haro Monarchy and stuff like that. And, like, oh right, uh, right. And uh, there was like aluminum and. Um, but yeah, so like I sweated like the super light bikes and like sure. all that stuff. But uh, oh, and we were and in
0: full tricks, aluminum yeah. mode at that time yeah. that I quit. So we were we were aluminum, not carbon, but it was just crossing over to the clip era. So when I came back, it was it was, it was even further divided. So yeah. now it was steel, it was chromoly, and it was aluminum or carbon fiber, and it was clipped versus flat pedals so there's like haters of you know the, the, the BMX racing you know yeah. clipped in discipline yeah, and it's just that part uh, was a bummer for me so my my feeling was okay I, I'm not really good with this let's let's do I there's a long story behind how the first GM started that we put on um, but basically I discovered inadvertently by putting on this jam to, to raise money for, it was actually for John Lee of FBM. Oh, cool,
2: okay. So,
0: yeah, we, him, a bunch of his friends and myself, I just happened to lead the charge on it. And these guys all got involved and we did a really great job. But what I realized is at this jam, which we held at a BMX track, 75 to 80% of the people at that jam were people that were trail riders, freestyle, you know, street ramps, but they were all coming together at the BMX track for a jam, and we—I I did funky stuff, funky stuff like um, side hack races. I—I I had one fabbed off. Bought one when when Walmart used to sell side hacks, believe it or not. Yeah. Uh, That's awesome. And we, you know, we did uh, other events that were, you know, spawned through ideas of the other guys that were helping, like manual contests through rhythm sections yeah. and then, uh, uh, pit bike racing, which is basically taking kids' bikes and racing the track backwards, nice. entirely around, all the way up and through staging where the, the starting gate is. Yeah. Uh, or I'm sorry staging which is behind the starting gate down through staging back around to the finish line so that was the race but it's adults on these little 12 inch 16 and sometimes 18 inch wheel bikes so, so we awesome. made it just this fun event and it got everyone together Yeah. so that's all need. the following year uh, we did it. I did it again and that's when we did it for Stephen Murray and then last year we did it for Scotty Kramer so there's always friends helping put it on, but it's a yeah. passion of mine because.
1: And you broke that. You broke that barrier of segregation. Correct. You, know, you brought those street riders and right. trail riders to the BMX track, which like, right. I can relate to because I grew up like wanting to go. Like we would pedal our bikes to the nearest BMX track, which was in Osh- Oshkosh, Wisconsin. And sure. It was it was a long ways. I mean, like to, like say like uphills, up, uphill both ways sure. kind of stuff. But, like
2: we pedaled Probably really was. really far. I
1: mean. Uh, the, definitely the equivalent of like three hours each way to get to this BMX track, probably, wow. yeah, and it was like... That's um, a hike. It was nuts. It was, uh, especially because I lived, like, yeah, which is way on the other yeah. side of town. And, right, um, So, uh, yeah, I, I could see how, how it's definitely how it sort of the segregation and specialization, um, But I would love, so I got a good experience, right when I got on GT, uh, which this was like three and a half years ago, right when I got on GT we had a team summit at Chula Vista, um, the okay. Olympic training facility, sure. and so I actually hadn't been to a BMX race in I don't know, maybe like six years or so before that. Oh boy! Uh, and this wasn't a race, but no, but like, but they were, this they were is practicing. not your
0: typical track.
1: Well, well they, they weren't practicing even on the massive. Oh, one, not the were, Olympic but, I mean, style. The, the one that they're practicing on to me was still massive. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I think you know, I can't. They weren't actually doing the replica. But right. it was either way. The track they were riding to me was like I just think back to like the track that we would pedal to back when I was right. fourteen. Uh, but dude, seeing how fast they go, I yeah. mean, like, yeah. I think I think it would be good. You know, actually, if you're if you're a, a, a trail or street rider and you have the means to, uh, or even a park rider and you have the means to go check out a BMX race, uh, go do it because like I was just it motivated me. Like, not that I ever even want to race, but I'm like just how like fast and precise these guys were going I was right. just like man this makes me want to push things in my own direction or my own you know anytime you see people that are like that good and that right you know I you'd feel, you'd think that by now I've been around BMX long enough and I've seen so much crazy shit happen with my own eyes that I would be right. numb to it right. and I would be like oh my god like yeah, I've seen this before you know, right uh, dude when I went to the racetrack I was like I was like you know that kid again like what the hell am I watching right now? Like, yeah. how, yeah, I mean, they're incredible. And, I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's badass no matter what. Like, I don't care if you're clipped in, whatever, and maybe even more so if you're going that fast yeah. and you're clipped in and you're jumping those jumps, that, um, Attached. you got to do. you just gotta see it. So if you're out there yeah. and you're yeah. thinking about maybe, maybe checking one out, like, just take it, a day and do it because it is so... And you know, nuts.
0: you don't have to clip in. You yeah. can go there to the track and ride regular flat pedals and race. A, a large majority of the people I race ride flat pedals, and we race expert. You know, yep. we're racing the, the the highest amateur level. We're all using flat pedals.
2: Yeah, that's all, what, that's all we've <laughs> all known. Yeah. So yeah, that's cool.
0: basically, it doesn't matter what you. It, it's that run run what you run attitude.
1: Still, yeah. it's just don't be afraid at what you see. Right, right. You well, I do like this about it. You came into BMX and. Granted, there's probably some things you didn't like. You didn't like the segregation, and but it, you you did you a you did things to change it. You brought all these people together at a BMX track, and then b you you stuck around. So like some people, you know that uh, you know that could easily have like seen BMX like if you saw it, and and were like, oh, you know, I don't like how sort of specialized and segregated it is these days. I'm just gonna not going to get back into it, you know? Right. You, uh, right. you know, you've been back into it now, and uh, I think that's just awesome. Well, and, and kind of a testament to uh, to BMX in general, that it can still, uh, you know, people can still gravitate to it no matter what, you know, Right. right. even if they've been away from it or never experienced it, you know, it's, it's awesome. And
0: the bottom line, and, and I've said this probably... On, on almost every podcast that I've that I've recorded, it's do you want to be part of the problem or part of the solution. Oh, totally. So totally. I just got I, I I wasn't good with the complaining and the bickering back and forth because bottom line is you're not going to change it. The sport has evolved. It is what it is. Can't get it to come back. You don't have to love it. No one's asking you to love it. I don't particularly like, you know, some of the form of of what it's morphed into. Yeah. But I can still go to my local track, and it feels like yes, it feels like, you know, 17 years ago. Yeah. So, well, more than that now I because, because I've been back your, a few you years. Still
1: grab your bike and go pedal. Yeah. You know, just so, go your own thing, so now
0: so. there's guys that are that are that are exposed to the track. And at least, you know, if they're not riding, if they're not interested in racing, at least be open to the idea of, maybe they start a family, you know. Let their, father, let their uh, daughter or son give it a shot of riding around the track, yeah. and just get that feel of it or a park or whatever it is but yeah don't don't rule out any of it because you think it's kooky you think it's right. whatever yeah. so anyway that, get, them that's,
1: out, get them on a bike get them outside get them in the world you know just get them experiencing things and yeah. the, the stories the good times the bad times yeah the you know everything uh, everything in between you know it's it's right. uh, you know bmx is uh bmx has uh, caused me to be in jail in handcuffs and it's <laughs> also caused me to like get honored by four-star generals in the middle of Iraq in Saddam's palace, you know, so We're, it's, uh, I mean, there's everything in between, yeah. it's taken me, I, I say this too, like, it's taken me to emergency rooms in, like, 10 or 11 different countries, but it's also taken me to 30-plus countries and friends in each of those places and beyond, so, like, uh, man, just go outside, go pedal your bike, you know, go go do your thing, and you'll, you'll, no matter what, you'll end up with a story, you know, and that's the thing, it's like, I this happened last week, man. We, we were riding out in Florida, and I was like, we of course like run into some characters, you know, on the street. And yeah. Just like, man, every time, like it just does not fail. <laughs> right. Um, if You just go out there in, in the real world and don't and aren't just sitting on your couch, right. uh, Watching TV, like isolated you to will, your town. You will experience
2: things no matter
0: what. So. Oh, I've experienced so much through so BMX sick. and I'm sure you you've experienced far more than I have, but even I'm completely content with what I've experienced because it's been a wild it's been a wild trip for sure, yeah. but you know, this leads me into a question because you're talking about you uh, you started talking about a military situation. So, uh, one of my friends on Instagram, he was uh, he was in the service and he was in Baghdad for for five or six years mm-hmm. he wanted to make it a point for me to tell you I'm just going to double check what he wrote um, because it's pretty important his name is Ari Sonnenberg uh, and he wants to know basically do you understand your impact you had because he wants to thank you for supporting the troops uh, the year the year they started was the, and this is Bikes Over Baghdad by the way so the year they started was the last year I spent in Iraq. He did a great service and uh, basically he wants he wants you to know that how important it was as a serviceman to have you guys over there because. You still a BMXer? Grew up a BMXer. Oh yeah. And there's BMXers in those troops.
1: Oh yeah. You never know because we're oh, yeah. all wearing
0: the same uniform. Yep. But
1: oh man, it's so it's so crazy. It's funny how some of them just like pull up their pant leg and they have scars on their shins and they're like, dude, I ride. It's crazy. You guys are here. You know. <laughs> it's funny that that's always that's a lot of times that's like the the badge of For honor sure. or sort of the yeah, I don't right. know, the hey, check me out, I'm legit sort of thing. <laughs> like, oh yeah, you ride, I can tell. You know. That's so uh, funny. It's really funny. But no, I in all like in all honesty, it's definitely been the most rewarding thing i've done in in my life and definitely my bmx career uh, is is going over and being able to have an impact like that um, going over to the middle east and just being able to like you know i was never in the military myself and i uh um i just i think it's anytime i can you like you know utilize my passion or talent or whatever um for for good and to make people smile. Um, right. And especially to people that have uh, that have helped us out, uh, you know, as as citizens, you know, I just uh, can't thank them enough. And it's just been the most eye opening, rewarding, educational. At times, you know, at times sad. You see, you see so many. You can go through so many emotions in one day over there, and that's just us as visitors. Like, you know, we'd go visit and we'd see. You know, we'd go visit, say, the Wounded Warriors in the morning, which was obviously like. A pretty rough way to start your day in a pretty harsh reality uh, to go visit them and then but yet visiting them was also uplifting at times because like you're like man these guys have like endured tragedy and like here they are like joking around with each other and, and stuff like that you know of course like you never like you never want to see that happen but to see these guys resilience you know that's good. that was like kind of motivating at the same time but then you know you see um I don't know you know it's everything you can go through every emotion in one day and, and cycle through that several times actually uh where it's like happy sad funny you know scary everything you know and it's uh but it really opens your eyes to like what their environment is like over there you know and it's not all it's not all like uh scary stressful all the time for them it's uh you know half the danger over there is boredom too because some of their jobs is like hurry up and wait you know, it's like, hey, we got to be ready and we got to be on guard. Oh, so you're on if edge. something If something happens, yeah. but, yeah. you know, you could be sitting there for, you know, days, weeks, months and nothing, you know, you might not even get, like, utilized, so to speak, or your unit might not get utilized to its full potential or whatever, um, right. what you're actually trained to do. So, you know, a lot of it can be, uh, a lot of it can be waiting and, um, and just hanging out and then, uh, and then at the drop of a hat, you know, you could get sent on a mission or whatever, and so um, yeah, man, it was it was really really crazy. I mean, I could go on and on about the experiences I had over there. And if anyone, uh, um, you know, if anyone uh, wants to, you know, reach out and uh, and chat to, you know, we met so many soldiers over there that uh, that basically are like, man, this this like really helped me get out of my funk or get out of my uh my either boredom of day to day or whatever monotony because sometimes it can be like groundhog's day um but you know they, they they mentioned that uh in fact one of our after i think our first show we spoke to a guidance counselor there that mentioned like the uh, um, that there was a pretty significant suicide rate over there even amongst soldiers and stuff and uh, um you know i was like man that, and that just immediately like that was kind of early on in the tour, so we were kind of, like, wondering, how's this going to go? Like, we're kind of, like, goofing off, riding bikes, That we're in a war zone, this is a little bit weird. Right. After we found that out, and after we saw, like, those troops, like, you know, they lined up, like, every single one of them to thank us and shake our hands personally, and how they were, like, they went from serious to, like, jumping around, hooting and hollering as if they were, like, you know, kids in a candy store, you know, once we started jumping and doing all the stuff, like, um... It was just, uh, it made it all worth it. But, you know, when they, I was like, man, if we just change one soldier's life or, like, change their mind or, you know, turn their day around, turn possibly, their mood around, that's like. Possibly
0: if, saved their life. Just did,
1: yeah, if we just did one out of all these tours, like, right. that's worth it, you know? Right. And then uh, I'm sure, you know, we had have, have a greater impact than that. But, yeah, man, it was, uh, like I said, just incredibly rewarding. I got stories and pictures and souvenirs and everything yeah. for days about it. And uh, thank you so much. Uh, for your service and anyone out there, uh, I was just at lunch actually and saw some some army guys and had to shake their hand real quick and just say hey thanks for your service guys like uh, you know good I know for you lunch I don't mean to interrupt but thank you so much and uh, yeah it's just uh, I think uh, to carry that over actually back to the states is awesome too and of course you meet. BMXers over there, and
0: that's always the best too, and yeah. some of them have written in our shows, so, uh, so that's incredible. Oh, that is pretty cool. Alright, I'm going to hit you with some uh, Instagram questions. I'm going to combine a couple because uh, they're somewhat similar, but uh, Greg Dixon, who you may know, of course, yeah. I meet the best people through doing this. I gotta tell you, I, I meet the absolute best people. Uh, but anyway, Greg Dixon's one of them. He just says, Wisconsin legend, and I'm also going to say this goes along with another another, uh, another follower's comment, Stu Fent, F-E-N-T. So Greg says, Wisconsin Legend, when are you going to be a man to put the front brakes back on? <laughs> and then let me just finish this up. Front brakes in their place in modern BMX, this is what Stu says. Will they come back into fashion like four pegs, no brakes? Um, so however you want to yeah. However, you well, want to interpret the uh, front brake deal.
1: Yeah, I th- no, no. I, I think uh, front brakes are awesome, and I absolutely love what people are doing with them these days. Uh, you know, all the, especially like um, you know front brake brethren guys, uh, Bobby Altizer and um, uh, TJ Henderson, and uh, you know, the list goes on and on. Uh, Mike D, but like those uh you know I, I grew up just uh essentially with a um with all the options on my bike well it was funny because i basically uh, only had two pegs but i had two brakes also and uh you know i loved the front brakes i obviously loved doing like the front brake tricks and i i'm proud of uh some of the stuff that i did but it got to a point where i just uh wanted a change you know i kind of got burnt out with the way my bike setup was so the front brakes went first and i was put back brakes only in two pegs and then uh and then went no brakes in two pegs which uh then uh, i think like rooftop might have been the one to be like just put some other pegs on then you know like he's like you you don't have enough on your bike like do something you know so i i was like yeah i'm like i'll try four pegs and then uh, that's uh and then um Moved from that, uh, right. or uh, I'm sorry, went to a free coaster from there. Also, um,
2: but yeah, you know, I think it's always important to
1: it's always important to just do whatever is fun to you at the time. And and I uh, when I jump on a bike with front brakes now, it's really fun, but only because I haven't ridden front brakes in a long time. But uh, sure. yeah, I just kind of like I just kind of wanted a change, and, and uh, I absolutely think it's amazing. And I do feel I feel naked. I feel naked when I ride a mini ramp now, especially a mini spine, um, because I just feel like I just don't have like with no brakes. Yeah, yeah, with no okay. brakes and right. like uh, especially with a free coaster too. Um, but yeah, with, with no brakes, I mean from especially for me lip tricks and mini ramp stuff like I love like front and back brakes, pegs, you know, all that stuff, but right. Um, that's not to say I think but one of the only things holding me back now is uh, the equipment i don't have a pair of uh forks with front brake mounts anymore because i gave them all away oh okay uh, so i might uh i do have an extra frame at home so i might take the leap at some point uh maybe um in the next few months or something like that to, to put one together like a whole separate bike like a, a front brake brake bike because um yeah there's just there's no mini ramps around where i lived uh in chicago or not many anyways and uh you know, I just rode street mostly, and, uh, you know, the setup was fun to me, so, yeah, I uh, definitely respect it. I might put a bike together in the near future, and I love what people are doing with them now, because it's, it's now it's considered different, whereas, like, when I started riding, front brakes were sort of the norm, like, right. especially where I was from, like, I was from an area where, like, you know, it was like Dave Freimeth, Chad DeGruy like, all the, you know, all the Beko guys and stuff like that, they were front brake pioneers um, in a lot of ways, so and then uh was friends you know friends with dave osado and those people and so like the total front break legends and i went to the uh the front break revolution contest at rampage years ago it was such a thing. yeah yeah it was awesome that was back in like 2005-ish or something like that oh but, my gosh um wow yeah it was sick but uh even the guys who have been doing it like and still yeah. do it like uh you know, your Malturno or uh, like Rob Ridge. I've never actually even met Rob Ridge, but he's uh, from over in the UK and he just like kills the mini ramp that's in his barn or wherever it is. He's got like a barn or a garage or something like that over in England and he just does the craziest things. But every time I see a clip of him or one of his videos, like I just, I'm like, damn, that looks like so much fun. Uh I don't know, I, you know, I I did some uh, um, like, I was pretty proud of like some of the um, rails that I nose wheelied. Like, the nose wheelie down some big rails. And that uh, was Using brakeless. the front brakes. Oh, using, using front that. brakes, okay. yeah. Actually, ones that, I shouldn't say they're impossible to do brakeless, especially the way dudes are doing nose oh wheelies gosh, now. But, yeah, the nose uh, wheelies are crazy. But though. it would be hard-pressed to find someone to, to do to do it still, but right. not to say it's impossible. But right. yeah, maybe maybe more people should start doing, like, locked-in nose wheelies. Because there were some that I did where that were, like, very significantly yeah. long rails where I was locked in that felt to uh, that felt really good but yeah I just uh, you know it ran its course for me personally um, but uh, right. I love it and I love that again that's just BMX like yeah. you, can, you can change something little on your bike and you feel like a kid again you know you feel like a,
0: right.
1: um, a whole new beginning so it's awesome mm-hmm.
0: alright let's go to another one uh, let's see you know Keith Tara I'm sure
2: yeah
0: awesome yeah. rider photographer yep. all just yeah. he's York got York he's Long like Island? multi yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah Long Island just Multi-skilled. Anyway, uh, with the trend of street riding being more of a slower tech style, do you find yourself pressured to adapt and break your mold? And then a the, uh, little subtext, he says, I hope you don't because I'd rather watch your style over most.
1: <laughs> well, damn, uh, that i that's a massive compliment. Um, and thanks, Keith. Uh, and, um, yeah, you know, I think with the way things are now, I think, uh, with the, again, like you said, sort of the slower more tech stuff I think two things about it I think um, it's gonna lead to probably that getting pushed to a burly level you know I think it's cool because guys right now are like refining their skills like crazy and there still are like early things being done and I've always been a fan of like the combination of of burly and tech riding so yeah well you know I might and I love to play on a flat rail or a flat ledge uh, every now and then but um yeah, Keith, uh, I guess to answer your question, like, no, it's not going to change my style. It might, you know, motivate me, f- like, to learn a couple tricks or a couple different grind combos or something like that. But uh, it's definitely, um, I definitely still like, you know, doing, I definitely still like scaring myself. I still like going fast. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, it's, it's challenging to, like, you know, try the, uh, the kind of tic tac toe sort of grindy um, combos and stuff like that on a. On a small flat ledge with, with no consequences but um, but you know it's like I myself personally couldn't do it all day long but I definitely respect it because some of the the tech stuff that those guys are doing is like next to impossible I think it's right. like my mind gets blown um, but yeah I think uh, there's some to be said I think maybe because I think maybe because everybody's, or a lot, I should say everybody's doing it, but like it's mainly because that's popular is maybe why, uh, maybe why I'm, I'm not going to do that as well. Like I, uh, um, I've always like, I shouldn't say I haven't followed trends, but I haven't always 100% followed trends um, and I always like to do a little bit of my own thing because uh, it's just. Just the way I am. I think it's fine to learn a trick, even if a trick is popular, if it like, if it looks fun and whatever. But uh, yeah, I still think it's it's cool to just do your own thing and whatever's fun to you and whatever's challenging to you. So it's back to um, expression. We yeah, talked exactly. about that before. Exactly. Yeah. So uh,
0: I'm gonna yeah. hit a I'm gonna hit a serious question real quick, and then yeah. we're gonna go to uh, some fun ones from Stu Johnson. Yeah. Uh, so this this is a friend of mine from uh, Connecticut, Todd Brew his his question I'm going to kind of put some of these together but um he uh he told me I thought you had a head injury a while back in in your take on helmets so maybe we can combine those into one
1: yeah uh, um I've had uh, I've had several like head injuries from the uh Never, never like a full-on. I never had like a full-on knockout sort of scenario where I was out cold or for like a long period of time. Uh, If I was at all, it was like a couple seconds, few seconds, things like that. I've had a lot of stitches and staples and stuff like that, and uh, um, you know, so it's and it's it's a. I would say that that's like the worst type of injury. You know, I I think that's the. uh, the most scary injury, for sure, because it's not so black and white. It's not like, oh, did you break or not break a bone, you know? It's, it's very, like, sort of a gray area. Um, right. So, no, I've, I've been lucky, and I uh, essentially decided to wear a helmet, um, like, I guess pretty much all the time, you know? Every once in a while, if I'm, like, just literally cruising down the street slowly looking for spots or something like that, I maybe don't always wear one, but just about... Um, time i'm like really riding you know i have one on and i think it's uh you know it's like i've obviously seen plenty of examples where um it can go wrong and uh i uh sort of twofold i decided there was there was a, a trip a make it happen trip greg ellingworth was doing a video and he was like hey uh, and this was years and years ago um he was like hey uh, we're doing this trip to J- um, sorry china and hong kong Uh, and it's an all-expense-paid trip, you can come along, two-week trip to Hong Kong and China, you know, we're gonna go to all these different cities, ride street, it's gonna be sick. And I was like, damn, that sounds amazing, I'm in. And he's like, but you have to wear a helmet. And I was like, at first, that was back when I like never wore a helmet on street or anything, and I was like, at first I was like, damn, I don't know, you know, but then I was like, am I really gonna pass up a trip to China and Hong Kong because a helmet. Like, you kidding right. me? Like, of course I'll wear one. Like, of course I'll go. Um, so that started it. You know, that was like one of the first in modern years when I wore one riding street and, uh, and it was fine. Like, I actually felt a little more confidence on that trip too because of it. And, um, and then uh, GT requires one for any of their media, so, like, GT doesn't require that you wear one all the time, but if for them to use any sort of photo, video, or anything, uh, they which I, I totally respect, you know, them as a company, they want to portray, uh, you know, that aspect of it. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so um, I uh, decided, like, why not just wear one? Like, am I going to... I'm already spending, like so much money per year on stitches staples CT scans like literally it was like two CT scans a year on average or something for a couple years there and I was like that's hundreds and hundreds of dollars like what the hell is my problem you know like why so I was like you know am I really going to learn the hardware or am I just going to do this you know and uh, so my wife being a doctor too she appreciates it and you know it's just yeah it's one of those things I think uh, I think it's it's smart and it's you know it's, it's, uh, it's I still don't think it's personal choice like if you're if you're riding at a contest or at a skate park or a contest and it's someone else's skate park and they want you to wear a helmet, I think you should respect that and wear a helmet. If you grab your bike and go this kind of goes back to like that rebellious side of BMX and that sort of freedom to do whatever you want. Uh, if you want to grab your bike and go outside in the street on your own accord, that's when I say like, do do whatever you want, you know, like I'll make my decisions, you make yours, you know, like that's not I say know, because I I can't preach, I can't necessarily preach safety, I mean, look at the way I ride, you know, like, I definitely take risks, you know, and I definitely uh, seek out risks sometimes, but, uh, but yeah, so it's, you know, it can be personal preference, but when you're under someone else's roof or whatever, like, definitely respect it, and, yeah,
0: is it safe to say in the street world in the park world that the majority is, still doesn't wear helmets?
1: Mm, no, I see like it's becoming more and more. You know, you see like even younger up and coming riders, like street riders wearing them. Uh, of course, there's I think the street riders there's still a number that don't, um, and I totally get it. You know, I get it one hundred percent, but. I think it's becoming more and more, and, you know, you can't say that there aren't super legit dudes that don't, like, you look at someone like Alex Donakey uh, or Mark Burnett, you know, like, they wear one, and it's, like, these dudes are super legit, like, top pros, you know, whatever, so it's not, like, uh, and, you know, they're definitely, like, street riders, you know, they uh, so I think, um, you know, that's something that, uh, it's, it's you know, there's good examples yeah. either way and I think that's good. Well, so that's uh, good.
0: It's yeah. perfect. How many X Games medals do you have and do you have a most memorable one?
1: Um I have also
0: uh, by Todd, by the way. Same oh, question. No, from I have Todd.
1: A one bronze from one bronze medal, so third place at LA X Games and then two from uh the Asian X Games, um and that is like a silver and a bronze also. So uh, I never got a gold or anything like that. Um wish i had but honestly just being invited to those and being in that like small select group uh to be riding in those is like the biggest honor and uh
2: sure and
1: they were fun and uh it was some of the courses that they built for those were really badass too like especially some of the early courses like uh there was one year that just had like a massive like el toro style rail and um yeah there's been some really fun fun courses and moments uh I would say definitely meddling at the LAX Games was a huge, that was probably my biggest moment. Um, Just uh, never thought I would, you know, be on the podium at something like that, so it was pretty surreal, you know, and uh, it was, um, yeah, it was just crazy, you know, it was just one of those things you always sort of dream of as a kid, but never really... I never even really think is going to happen, you know, so... There's not
0: many people that can say it. It's (laughs) It's pretty crazy. Yeah, and the people that do, uh, I just just think it's amazing because there's a lot of people going for it. And, you know, and then you have those rarities where you get people that just... Have strung together a ton of them, you know. It's yeah, uh, yeah. but those are those are the rare cases, you know. Yeah, it's crazy. But, yeah, congrats for the ones you got. Thank you. Um, so let's go to Stu Johnson because he's got a couple. Yeah. And uh, ton of respect for Stu. Obviously, he's, he's produced loads and loads of video content, uh, but and actually started as a BMX racer as well, I believe. So uh, anyway. How did growing up in the Midwest shape you as a rider?
1: Uh, definitely, uh, definitely made me um, anxious to travel <laughs> because I felt a little bit, uh, I felt a little bit trapped there. But not, not really. Like as far as uh, we were actually pretty lucky in hindsight, you know. But growing up, I just felt like you know the grass was always greener a little bit but you know we really had some great like we had indoor parks we had uh we had okay street you know if you go into some of the midwestern cities there actually has really really good street um but weather is a factor of course um and uh and definitely some dirt jumps too so i think like it, it was it was great from a scene standpoint and a motivation standpoint uh And it's, uh, I just happen to be lucky to grow up in like the right part of the Midwest and the right almost town in the Midwest where like, I met pros at a young age and I met like, uh, you know, I had access to like photographers and filmers and stuff like that at a young age because, uh, you know, it's not the case everywhere in the Midwest. And you definitely, you definitely grow uh, resilient to like weather and stuff like that. I mean, like we would bundle up in like layers and layers. I mean where I basically looked like the marshmallow man (laughs) and had like, you know, super thick like winter gloves on that had like, were made of like cowhide and shit, you know, I had like, and we would go shovel off like ledges and we would, our axles would snap off because they were so frozen, you know, it was crazy, but we did it and we just loved riding and I ended up, I ended up having a bike, like a backup bike, like a winter bike I called it, that I rode in the snow because like my, my regular bike was, like, too much of a prized possession. I didn't want to take that out in the salt and the snow and, the, you know, get it all dirty and salty and shitty. So I had this, like, backup bike that I would ride, you know, on snow days, essentially. And, like, yeah. you know, it just kind of hardened. Like, it just really, like, uh, made us um, you know, resilient, like, prove, prove that we loved it, you know? That's right. for sure, because it, uh, you know, we had to build a lot of the stuff that we rode and we had to ride in uh, some pretty unfavorable weather, but... Yeah, it was awesome.
0: Like met, you know, the best friends of my life through it. So yeah, it's great. Perfect. Sounds like sounds like you appreciate appreciate even a forty degree day more than most people do. Oh,
1: completely. Yeah. <laughs> I, I say if it's a, if it's a, above, if it's above thirty, I'm, I'm good.
0: Yeah. Right. Right. Uh, another one from Stu how do you put yourself in the mindset to try deadly moves on a regular basis so he know he knows something that I don't hear because yeah and, and you're <laughs> yeah. and you're basically you were yeah. saying that you go you go pretty heavy
1: yeah um, I uh, man, the mindset is always it's always an interesting one because it's not always the same uh, a lot of it is like set up so like, Basically motivated by whatever I find, like I'm really big on searching, and um, and it, you know sometimes I just find a setup that uh, is either something I've been dreaming about or something I would have never even imagined in my wildest dreams. Like and that's what I love about street riding is that sometimes you just find the craziest setups and like the most interesting things that really make you think. You know, like mentally challenging as well as physically challenging at times. So. Um, yeah, I think as far as like scary stuff, it's just, uh, I like basically putting my abilities in check. You know, like te- putting them, I guess, putting my abilities to the test. Like, there's only so much, like, you know, imagine if, like, you just double peg the same flat rail all day long. I mean, yes, that's fun, that's great, and I still love that, but, like, the way I am, I love to, like, learn a skill or learn something and, and then push it and push it and push it and see how how far I can push it and like what, you know, sort of level I can take it to. And there's a, there's also a certain like moment of calm, I guess, with doing something scary too, where you're kind of pushing aside all the other things you might be thinking about, you know, any other thing that's stressful, what's going on in your life or, you know, any sort of other tasks that you'd have to do. Um, when you're doing something scary, you're challenging, you're like absolutely laser focused on just that task at that moment. And, uh, man, sometimes when I get in that mode, like someone will even like try to talk to me or something like that. And I'll almost like not hear them, you know, it's like, you're uh-huh. just so focused on, on getting that done. And, uh, I like that, you know, cause I usually, I'm thinking about multiple things at once or like, right. you know, dreaming up like, uh, different things I want to do or different things I want to accomplish. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's awesome to just put one single thing in front of you and sometimes just being scared is that moment. So I guess
2: that's
0: it. Yeah, Thanks. perfect. Okay, more, more stew. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Oh, this is an interesting one. I think this is good for, for, a, uh, for anyone to hear at whatever point they are in life. But what did you feel, or why, I'm sorry, why did you feel it was important to stay in college while pursuing a riding career?
2: Um, yeah,
1: well, I thought it was—I thought it was important so that I could stay on my—I uh, could stay on my parents' health insurance uh, for the time being. For one, <laughs> that came in handy. Sure. But uh, no, no. In all actuality, like um, I've always valued education, but uh, of course, as like an 18 or 19 year old kid, I there was plenty of times, especially as like some of my friends were traveling all the time and riding all the time, I felt like I didn't want to there was times where I just didn't want to sit in a classroom and I felt like I was learning more being out in the real world. That being said, I think that college taught me, uh, a lot of like different ways of thinking. It also opened me up to a lot of different ways of life, a lot of different types of people. Um, a lot of people with like totally different interests and backgrounds and all that stuff. Uh, you know, it was, a yeah, it was the first time I met like a lot of people actually a lot of people like from different ethnicities and stuff than myself because I grew up in a pretty like uh, not a completely vanilla place but like a, a place that didn't have a ton of diversity and uh, um luckily we had some you know it wasn't like a uh, sure. total like monotone sort of place but it was you know college opened me up to a lot of different things and it it uh it also proved that I could like start and finish something and I think that that's You know, college does feel like a marathon at times where, like, you're just like, damn it, man. This is, like, the longest, well, for me, four and a half years of my life. And there's a lot of bullshit that I don't want to do and stuff that I don't want to learn about. But in all honesty, once I got into my major, uh, which was business and marketing related, like, as long as I, like, as soon as I got into that, I actually enjoyed the classes. And that was the first time in my life where I, like, really enjoyed school, like, 100%. You know, it was those last few semesters because all the classes I was taking were things that I was interested in, I got all the other garbage out of the way, which is, all that other garbage is like, good to know, I call it garbage, but it's not, but it's like, it's good to know, and it's helped, you know, and it's, um, there's all sorts of things that I learned in college that I translated to the rest of my life, maybe not in a career standpoint, definitely in a career standpoint for some reasons, but even just like, when I drive past a billboard, you know, after taking that college class about advertising and whatever, like, I look at that billboard so much differently than I did before that class, you know, whatever, you know, anything. An ad on TV or a, um, you know, when I'm doing my taxes and I'm like, you know, I, I because of that accounting class, I can at least, like, somewhat tread water in that sea of, you know, sea of, sea of, sea of stuff, you know, and so there's so many skills that just, like, translated to other things in life and also just being able to relate to to other people too that um you know but yeah like I said it wasn't easy I mean I remember in college was probably like the least sleep I ever got in my life because I was riding all the time I was right. partying I was going to school it was like just so intense um it sounds like it, it sounds like
0: a, in, they knew, they knew it they yeah, knew you yeah. were going through a lot of that yeah it was great. Um, all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna go skip to a couple comments he made. How, uh, he just wants you to know how many gray hairs you've given him, <laughs> um, and he wanted he wanted to That's comment. Actually, this is this is kind of a question. He he said, uh, "What is the shortest victory celebration you ever had after filming a gnarly clip?"
1: Shortest victory <laughs> celebration. Oh man, yeah. this is a funny one. So. Uh, <laughs> this is an easy answer actually yeah. so I was filming for the GT video uh, so this was just last year and uh, so filming for Seriously Fun we uh, we went to this school in Maryland that had a uh, basically like a rail ledge feeble combo uh, where like your, your back peg's on the rail but your front tire's on the ledge and uh so I did the one that was on my regular side one day. I was really hyped, you know, and everything went well because there was like a death drop on the one side, uh-huh. which, like, you know, in all actuality, I wouldn't have to screw up really bad in order to fall over the other side. But it was still, you know, it makes yeah. you it makes you second guess. And it yeah. Makes right. you, like, really concentrate. So I decided, okay, that went well, and I uh, there was one on the other, like on the other side of the school. There was like a mirroring mm-hmm. setup, so the exact same setup, but on my opposite side. So yeah. I went back a different day and we had a good session going where conway came out and like uh, a few other dudes came out and we had a good session at that same spot you know some people did some stuff down the rails and i'm like all right i'm gonna do that opposite feeble. so uh i eyed up for a little bit and it's opposite so it's a little bit more scary but it has the right. same death drop and everything get it done and i like you know i do it for, well no first one i do i slipped the pedal so that was a bummer because I'm like a s- little bit scared and nervous. Go down it perfect and slip the pedal. Second one, I go down, I land it, and I totally ride away. But there was this like a uh, metal garbage can about maybe 20 feet or 30 feet past the where I landed. So I landed, and I, I just saw that metal garbage can. And I just wanted to like paperboy it basically. I wanted to just kick it over, like basically do like a little fishtail because I knew it would sound awesome and whatever. So I, ju- I land off this rail and I ride for about 15 feet and I bunny hop and I do a like basically do a big kick out into this garbage can and just die like I just like basically like my my little victory kick out turned into like me like front like <laughs> baseball sliding straight into like a, oh my god straight onto the sidewalk you know. But it was just so hilarious because it was like, you know, so in my in my mind, I was like, hell yeah, yeah, I did this. Watch this, boom! And I was right. like, yeah, it was, it was cool though. It, it uh, brought me right back down to reality. So <laughs> I, couldn't get, I couldn't get like an inflated ego from that or anything. Yeah. Oh my gosh, it's too funny. <laughs> it's pretty funny. It, wow, it he, awesome. he he must have
0: known something with yeah. that question. That's so the, for sure. the the
1: paperboy reference might be a little dated for some of you listeners, <laughs> but it was pretty much the most badass video game ever back in the day. But, uh, yeah. Wait, a video game. I actually was a paper boy. Oh, yeah. It was no video game. Oh yeah, yeah, So you were doing it. You were doing it real. I actually real. did it. Yeah. Well, hopefully, was... hopefully, any kids listening to this have, like, you know, I'm not encouraging this, but uh, especially you know now as I'm older, a little more sensible, but maybe knock over a garbage can one or two by doing a kick out if you can, you know. Something a little. Uh, you lighter. might have already done it. Cause that's like part of BMX. But that's true. <laughs> that's
0: funny. Well, I don't want to end on a uh, on a on a uh, serious note because he does ask for worst crash and scariest clip you ever overcame but uh, yeah. I kind of would rather skip that still because we're on a we're on a happy uh, a happy note but we're gonna give you a chance to answer a Mike Cottle question and you can you can pass on this if you want we can go right to shout outs but he says what's your best Dave Baco story um, non PG version
1: <laughs> <laughs> so uh Dave, so Frymouth is obviously a longtime friend of mine and uh, absolute BMX legend, Midwest legend, but also just worldwide BMX legend. And uh, um, you know, I, was, I like his—he was one of those guys. Like I said, like I met him at an early age. He was like this pro that I watched in videos and, and saw in magazines, and then all of a sudden he was like fixing my front brakes and, and uh, um, handing me stickers and stuff like that. Like so much, so much so that like you know, Dave like. Uh, the way he went about it, like, he was the best man at my wedding, you know, I like, this many years later, uh, I just, just so much, like, he essentially, like, took me under his wing and sort of showed me this this world of BMX and kind of just showed me, like, the world in general because, uh, you know, he kind of, like, lit the fire under me to, like, go to Europe for the first time and all this stuff, but uh, going back to funny Dave stories, so, uh, (laughs) the night of the Baco jam in 2000, uh, he we all went out like everyone went to the bars and like uh, I might have had a fake ID at the time I can't remember but I'm pretty sure yeah I I've, like either that or I just like got into the bar somehow but um, but I was about I was only 18 at the time so I got into the bar and uh, everyone was you know partying having a good time and, uh, Dave, Had driven to the bar, but he had like a designated driver to drive him home. Uh, But everyone was staying at his house. So, like, everyone piled in his his Astro van, like Chevy Astro van, to go to the bar. And everyone gets like real drunk, and then someone sober, I couldn't remember who it was, drives home. It might have been like Arteline or someone, drives home. But uh, Dave, so Dave gets in the back of his van, you know, usually he's driving it, and like we take this thing on road trips and whatever. And he just, like, you know, they've had a lot of drinks, and he was just like, man. I really don't think these windows need to be in my van anymore. And he, he, he always like tr- prided himself in like having kind of like inexpensive vans. I should right. say like, he right. loved these Astro vans that he would get for like, yeah. I don't know, a thousand bucks or a couple thousand bucks or whatever. And, uh, he would just run wow. into the ground, you know? But he was just like, yeah, I've had this Astro van a while. Like, I don't think it, he's like, I think it needs an upgrade. I don't think it needs these windows anymore. And he just like lays on his back and just kicks out one window and, uh, And everyone was like, oh, my God, Dave, like, you just kicked out your own window from, like, the inside of your van. And he was like, he was like, I like the look of that. I don't think this needs any windows. And he just goes around and just kicks out every single window in his van. So, so his van, so his van, they, and, like, and I go home, and I come back the next day, and those dudes all roll into the contest. So, because, like, they had the contest, like, one of the parties, obviously, on Saturday night, and then the next part of the contest on Sunday. And he rolls into the contest. He's driving. He's got obviously got no driver's side window by that point. No windows at all besides a windshield. And uh and he pulls up and all everyone's in it, you know, the whole crew that was staying at his house. And uh, and then none of them open any doors and they all, like, have to jump out. Like, they decided, like, oh, we're not going to get out using any doors. Like, we're just going to jump out the window. So, like, all my favorite pros that day pull up to the bake contest in a van with no windows and all just, like, jump out, like, uh, <laughs> you know, like, like a bunch of clowns at the circus or something. <laughs> it was so incredible. Like, he's just, like... And I mean, the stories go on and on, like, there's a million of them, but, like, you just, uh... Yeah. Yeah, you know, he's always good time, always down for whatever, and, uh, you know, just can't thank him enough for, like, just getting me, uh, you know, getting me out there, getting me out in the world, and just, uh, you know, showing me that there's just a, showing me basically, like, all that, all the awesomeness that BMX has to offer. You know, you always need that person to show, and several people have shown me that over the years, but, like, Dave really, like, uh, you know took me under his wing, and uh, I appreciate that, you
0: know? So, thanks, Excellent. Dave. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So why don't we finish on anything that you have upcoming? Do you have anything releasing through GT?
1: Yeah, so we have uh, the Uncovered, well, obviously the Uncovered series. Uh, we're about to do Stop 2 and then Stop 3 in Milwaukee at the end of March. Um, so you know, check us out. Check out the website from there. But um, yeah, thank you so much for uh, GT. Like I have a signature bike through GT, and uh, um, also signature stem and seat and all that stuff. But like, just my bike in general, um, and the whole vibe with GT being revamped. Uh, like Ben Ward's done an incredible job with products in general. Like um, just over the last three and a half years since I've been on, I've seen the products like get like increase in quality and and, uh, and just in general like. I have a bike that I ride right now that just feels like the best bike I've ever ridden, and uh, it's just it's awesome to say that after all these years. You know, I've ridden so many bikes and uh, um, you know seen so many things, and it's just an awesome all around bike. Thanks GT for all the like support with that, and um, you know helping me, uh, you know helping you know the design of that and everything. It's uh, just been absolutely incredible. All the trips have been fun. Like the whole crew, the whole family, everyone gets along together. Even if we like ride different stuff. you know that everyone gets along and it's just a, a really good crew and um thanks to anyone i ride with uh thanks to anyone who like film i film with shoot photos with uh any BMXer out there um and uh anyone listening to this and uh last but not least thank you for having me on this show uh it's an honor you know when i saw the list of people who have already had a podcast i'm just like damn man i'm just like honored to be i feel sure. like i'm like in the presence of greatness ah. here, just like having a uh, you know being able to have uh, you know one of these uh, episodes so i really appreciate it and, uh, no you're very uh,
0: welcome we're both advocates yeah. for the sport and that's definitely. what that's that's, that's what, what i'm doing with the podcast that's what i'm doing with with events and that's what you're doing with events and yeah and just being out there being right. a positive influence so yeah thank
1: definitely. you definitely i appreciate right.
0: it yeah. Thanks for Take trusting care. me with the time me and you. doing this. This is this no, is great.
1: I, I appreciate it, man. So ride right on. And yeah. I'm sure I'll see you somewhere soon.
0: Oh, absolutely. Like in in, in a little bit, maybe I'll be helping you hang signs. Yeah.
1: <laughs>